Grandkids, sour father-in-law. Hello, and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday, the twelfth of December, twenty twenty-one. I'm your host, Dan Train. Join me today, Zachary Burgess. I bring you sniffles, <coughs> and Robert Kemp. I'm just thinking, if you can have zippy grandkids, can I have like Bungle's cousins? Rainbow reference. Yeah, but that's not zippies. It's zippies. <laughs> no, it's a zippy. I know. I know. Zipper. I mean, that's who you want in your uh, character fighter game. What 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 they called these uh, uh, Smash Brothers games? You've got to get Zippy in there. Platform fighters or brawlers, I guess. Brawlers, yeah. Not not brawlers because aren't brawlers like another word for like two D beat 'em ups? Yeah, platform um, fighters, I plat- guess. Platform yeah. fighters is the closest. I mean, so you, you, you're talking like basically the BBC edition. We've already had the Nickelodeon yeah. one. Now you need like well, the BBC no. version. Oh my gosh. Because this isn't Rainbow what? ITV. Oh yeah. yeah it would have so. to be a crossover. Oh, just yeah, Britbox. <laughs> Britbox fighters. <laughs> yep. You'd have all the, all, all the classics. Blackadder <laughs> fighting. I don't know about that. So you'd have the Clangers <laughs> led by a soup dragon swarming bagpuss. Yep, and I'm the engine, just running them all over. But you um, want it to be like you want this to be like the most awkward game ever, where like they all run at different frame rates because that's like what they were originally. Oh man, that's how it animates, <laughs> right? Yeah, it'd be impossible to play as a fighting game, but it would be weird to look at. So Button Moon would be weirdly smooth, right? Because it was all just things on strings being filmed. <laughs> yeah, and then all of a sudden you've got the Wombles coming up, like running at like two frames a second. <laughs> Oh man, and then Danger Mouse just rocks up. <laughs> Danger Mouse. I think Wallace and Gromit would fit in there. No, perhaps not. I mean, I it's not strictly the BBC ITV crew, no, I true. guess. Yeah. I guess not. Camp Dacula, maybe, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Trapdoor. Yeah. Just, just not, I mean, not even the, not even Bert, whatever. Just, just the, the skull, the, tra- <laughs> the skull, whatever his name was. Was it Bert or Bert? Isn't That's why people want this Nintendo one, and also, oh, sorry, the Warner Nickelodeon Brothers. one. But the Nintendo one, a lot of it is nostalgia as well. Like, sure, some of the stuff. So why not have a like British eighties children's TV brawler? <laughs> sorry, not brawler. Get it right. Platform fighter. <laughs> Platform fighter. Or a brawler. You know. I or mean, a brawler. I, 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 <laughs> just I'd make take... a Cuphead-esque yeah, take... side-scrolling platformer fighter take, thing. I'd take that. If Scott Pilgrim did 80s t- cartoons, it'd be, I'd be all over it. And you can even get some video game references in there. Bring in yeah, Earthworm Jim. Who owns Earthworm Jim now? Like Interplay still probably. Is it Interplay? Shiny Entertainment Incorporated. Yeah. <laughs> Use this name and you will be sued profusely. Yeah, cause, is it in, 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 Interplay is probably owned... Is that a Ubisoft thing now? I don't know. There's something about it feels like it might be really? a Ubisoft thing. No, I don't think so. Wow. Or is it an Activision thing? 
<laughs> or did they just never get bored? Yeah. <laughs> That's distinctly possible. Midway. <laughs> Probably Midway. But Midway got bought by, by someone. Microsoft, yeah. right? <laughs> oh, did they? Everyone is owned by everyone else. We, we, had, we looked up the other day who, who NBC and uh, like owned by, because it was just like, isn't NBC just NBC? No, they're owned by Comcast. Well, yes, naturally. NBC? Mm. Really? Oh, right. I always find that confusing because isn't it? Because I don't know American, you know, big companies like NBC. But I thought it was them and General Electric, wasn't it? Because there's all those jokes in 30 Rock, which is set, you know, in the 30 Rockefeller Plaza, which is the General Electric, like NBC Studios headquarters combined, right? And the the, um, Alec Baldwin character is like always making... I don't know, fridges or whatever General Electric make. Because it's the same company. But if it's Comcast, yeah, I don't know. Doesn't mean that General Electric isn't also owned by Comcast. Yeah. <laughs> so you can have your smart fridges, I suppose. Smart fridges. I never quite... I'm not sure I'd... If you were the type, the smart fridge sounds like it's the perfect invention for someone who's the most boring person on the planet, right? Like, because wasn't the whole idea behind them is like, oh, it knows when you've taken food out of them, and so like we'll reorder the same thing, and it's like, surely that's only true of people who have the same thing every week, like clockwork. Yeah. Well, I agree. I mean, you could how it actually functions. Certain things it makes sense, right? I guess milk, maybe eggs. Depends what you actually what what you actually have to input it to it to make it know what's in there like does it scan the barcodes or do you have to like enter it manually? yeah or do you just put it in a certain spot and it knows <laughs> to make it hella generic like you have 20 kilograms of food left <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't know what there's just 20 kilograms in there <laughs> so we're gonna order 20 kilos more Also, we don't know what we're ordering. <laughs> we're just ordering 20 kilos of general food. <laughs> Whatever's at the top of the list. It's probably just rice. <laughs> <laughs> probably just rice. You can put rice in your fridge, though. No. But the fridge doesn't know that. It's not that smart. <laughs> cheese. Just, just a, yeah, probably. Just a, just a solid 20, 20 kilo of cube of cheese. <laughs> Fill the fridge entirely with cheese. And it's not even like a proper cheese. It'll be like American imitation cheese. Cheese food, whatever they have to describe it as when it's not actual cheese. <laughs> they just call it cheese food. Yeah, I think that's a thing. Like yeah. I think I think that's the actual term. Like if it's like cheese, but it's not actually cheese, it's a cheese food. Right. Or any other generic spellings you can come up with, like cheese with a Z. Chase. For an extra A in there for some reason. <coughs> Zach is very sneezy and sniffly. Yeah. It was the damn plague child again. No, the damn plague child. The plague child. <laughs> Although it got, it got dad way worse than it's got me so far. I think <laughs> I've got away with it. I mean, it sounds it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting to come down with something because <laughs> I went to Christmas party on Friday. So it was half remote, half not. And I decided to actually go in person. So sure. just waiting to see. I mean, 
finally caught it. I mean, I went out for drinks last night, so if you can count coming down with a bit of a hangover as a thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do feel very tired, but it might just be hangover. <laughs> oh, God, don't talk to me about tired. I'm not sleeping properly at the moment. It's, oh, it's uh-huh. horrible. I've got that, that sort of behind the... Or I've had that behind the, the eyes headache for days. Right, yeah. I was thinking, is this tiredness or is this, quote-unquote, fatigue? <laughs> fatigue. Are you burn out? I've got fatigue. Yeah, am I burnout? <laughs> I am burnout. <laughs> am I burnout three takedown? <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to be taken down. Have you been taken out? Dan, dan, dan. Taken out. I don't know. That's the thing. It's like, yes, Christmas means a break, which is great. But also, you have to be sort of slightly organized. <laughs> I can't be bothered. Mm. <laughs> Well, I've had like the last four or five Mondays off from work, and I'm still feeling a bit. Mm. I think I'm using my Mondays to actually just play games for once. Right. And, uh, yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, but it means I'm not using it for sleep. Right. Because <laughs> that feels like a waste of a day off, right? Well, yeah, of course. But that's not like if you weren't having a day off, you wouldn't be sleeping. So play games during that same period of time. Exactly. <laughs> Maintain a schedule, even if you're not doing work. <laughs> exactly. Do something else. Although, of, although often it's been like, happy sad work. <laughs> That's when I've been doing the videos. Get those videos uploaded for our, for our, for our, for our, all our fans. All Enjoy. our fans and the happy sad. Oh, many fans. The happy sad YouTube channel. Yeah. Plugging yeah. it now. Talking to shameless <laughs> plugs. I have a, I have a glacial spoon announcement. Oh, shameless plugs! Like I got, I got nominated by, in, or, like, in fairness, incredibly niche online radio station, Radio Sega, Ooh. for for fan remix of the year, twenty twenty one, for my uh, Sonic and Knuckles Death Egg Zone thing. Excellent! You can vote for what it now. To can win. you see? The, you know, uh, the poll in progress, or do you have to wait? No, I cannot. I am not okay. privy to that information. That would uh, probably be tip the balance, you know, if it was a open poll like that. Mm-hmm. Do I, I don't want to. I'm not going to win. Let's be honest. I'm not going to win. But <laughs> well, you never know. If people enjoy your track, then they can. Vote we shall for see. It. Hmm, congratulations <laughs> on the nomination. Shame. And uh, now we found a. A new obscure internet radio station, Radio Sega. <laughs> Not new. No, they've been around for ages. Radio, radio oh, really? Sega. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I used to listen uh... to them when I played Eve. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I have. A, I do occasionally use them as like background music for when I'm working and stuff like that. Like because it's. I think during the tiny. during most of the okay. time it's on like a like just you know probably playing from a Winamp playlist. Yeah, and it's um, right. but but people can like post requests in and things like that so it's like yeah during the day it's, it's mostly running on auto so you'll get like atmospheric tracks from Shenmue or something <laughs> right so, oh right so it's quite broad is it do they is there oh, yeah a it's like it's, radio it's, in there sometimes yeah i mean very rarely because sega's catalog is so big right it's like the things that could could come up are like all over the place games i've never heard of that probably only came out in japan half the time and just listen to Anything from Burning Rangers over and over. Yeah, oh god, there's a, there is, <laughs> that turns up so much. There is quite a lot of Burning Rangers. Yeah, don't know why that really? is. Yeah, I 
Oh. The cat's well, come to make another pass. Oh, no. The cat, no, the cat's not going, this way. The cat's going for Zach's tea. He's already got one. But oh, I, okay. I don't need any more cat in my vicinity. <laughs> no more allergies. <laughs> yes. I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast, but yeah, cat wasn't well, and she's now more well. Mm. So as oh, a result of that, great. she now jumps up onto things again. So welcome back, vertical cat. <laughs> welcome back to jumping. Yep. Cat 2.0, the jumping. The jumpening? M. Night Shyamalan's the jumpening. <laughs> That's what happens with cats when they're feeling better. Evidently. Apparently, yeah. The floor is no longer so suitable. So you you guys have been following the Formula One, like what the hell just happened? Something? No, well, don't don't, don't, don't spoil us. We're actually we're behind. We're behind. Oh, okay. I think I, I think we know. might actually be two races behind. So um, yeah, because it was on when we were trying to watch it last week. It was happening at the time. It was, yeah, it was happening, and we yeah we turned not. It was it was it was running while we were trying. <laughs> to we watch only watched the highlights. We don't watch the actual. Thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've got okay. free, we've got free up time to play Hyrule Warriors. You see, so yeah. so you want to oh, you, you want to watch the the one hour version, not the two and a half hour version. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> Well, enjoy. Just don't look at the news. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I've I've heard it's um, I've seen one little snippet, and it's like, oh damn, <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, we better do the news then, because it's like a big, big week for it is a big week for news, family, which is so rare. <laughs> I know. I, mm, going going slightly off piste already, but but I guess it's news. Um, like. I know we haven't watched it yet, but do you see that, that Netflix have already cancelled Cowboy Bebop? <laughs> I mean, no, but I don't know. I don't know how surprised to be. Because it's, it's, like, been, it's, not, it's, it's really not been long, has it? Like four weeks no. since it came out and they've already said, nah, we're not doing another one. And it's like, I, I'm kind of mad, like... Again, I can't judge. I've not. We've not watched it yet because we want to watch it once we've cleared the F1 and uh, right, yeah. and things like that yeah. on our on our Sunday viewing schedule. Um, but the uh, uh, I don't know. It's just like it. It feels apparently the, the decision was made in a sort of budget versus viewership kind of way. Yeah, they must have so much analytics on exactly what people watch and when that they can like make decisions pretty quickly about that. Sort of exactly. Thing. Yeah. Uh, like the, the, it's not like the fudgy figures that you probably get from real TV. Yeah, um, the ratings or whatever. Yeah. Um, they're probably quite accurate, uh, and so they weighed it up and said, "No, nah, this isn't this isn't working out." But then I'm a bit like, "How can you make like?" I'm just thinking about how, like how that choice makes sense so fast in the streaming world, right? Because I never watch things as they come out. Right, right, right. Like, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm very rarely up to date. Like I'm I'm only halfway through Squid Squid Game, right? And that was months yeah. ago. And it's I, like I hadn't even started that. <laughs> and surely people are like, surely that's true of a great, great many people on these services, right? Probably. Like you don't but watch I wonder them as they, they come can... out, and you sort of catch up with things. Um, yeah. I just wonder if maybe they can like model it and they can predict. Well, I'm like, sure they can. They probably just look yeah. at how many people watch it immediately and then extrapolate how many people are eventually going to watch it. Yeah, based it... on the type of show and that some certain types of shows more people watch later than. Right yeah, and is there out. like a, it's like a there a word a word of mouth carrying factor that they can be in? It's like okay, if it hit this threshold here, the tail is going to be this long because this many people mm. have watched it and are going to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. 
but I, I think my problem is that like ha- having read online sentiments about the show is that it's just it like the sentiment feels like the video game community quite closely and that it's just anime people being all like it's not the anime and it's like well of course it's not yeah grow up yeah it's like it's going to be something different of course it's going to be something different and it's like yeah but maybe it's only the anime community that would watch it that, uh, that, that was... watched what gave it a chance in the first place yeah if they didn't like it then yeah I think it might just end up being that it just wasn't very good. <laughs> I think we're going to find out when we watch it. I mean, I'm totally going to still, still, yeah, still totally going to watch it. But <laughs> yeah, but now, now I know I'm going to have that disappointing Firefly esque experience where they get get like. <laughs> just, a, it probably like, will at least have like an ending. It probably won't just randomly cut off. Oh, I don't know. I, I imagine like, they probably built like one yeah. complete story within the season or whatever maybe maybe, maybe they've modified it i mean the original way, cowboy bebop is just one season even though it's like 26 episodes it's quite a lot like it does end and just end it's basically like almost like a long mini series <laughs> like most like animes seem to, 26 episodes yeah. and it just stops it just stops yeah but it's not as I mean, Cowboy's an odd one in the sense that, like, you could quite easily watch almost any episode on its own, right? Most and, of them, yeah. And then there's, like, there's yeah. only, like, two or three that are really full-on continuations. It's like there's snippets yeah. here and there, like, factored in, but it's not like the whole series is just one long story. It's not like watching Vinland no. or, or no. Attack on Titan, where you're not going to really know what's going on if you've missed an episode. Um, no, it's not like that. Unless you just happen to watch the ending, you know, in which case it's like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> so, you know, like they could they could manipulate that in all number of ways to make it fit. But who knows? Anywho, I just want to raise that because it's kind of. It's kind of funny and also kind of annoying at the same time, like even having not watched it yet. It's just kind of annoying. I, I kind of, I kind of want them to like. This is not how TV would ever work, but it, or anything ever, right? It's like, what if Dune Part One was a, was terrible, right? And they didn't make Part Two, and it's like, yeah. would, would you still be annoyed by the fact that this is unfinished? And it's like, I think I would. I think I'd be quite irritated that it's like that. I watched this 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 whole thing and would and and then be like, what, it's even like, if well, it was bad, yeah, kind of. Like, I'd still I still feel like I'd want a bit of closure on it. Yeah, but that's because Dune had a very unclosury ending. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing. It's like I might not have been all up on part one. I might be like in the minority and like and that it didn't really gel with me particularly well. Fair, yeah. But I still kind of want to see that second part because I'm like, yeah. it's, it's, it's a little bit like sunk cost fallacy, isn't it? Like a little bit, it's just, just like, I need to make this work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it could be completely different in the second one, just like Star Wars. That'd be true. <laughs> it could go I off mean, the that's rails. unlikely because it'll be the same director yeah. and uh, yeah, I think. But it, it, it I, they are sa- saving some of the crazy stuff, right, from the story for part two. It sounds clearly. like they're saving oh, yeah. most of the interesting stuff for part two. <laughs> <laughs> in some ways, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, should be good. But I know what you mean. At least with Firefly, we got Serenity right, which tried to put a quick bow on it. Yeah, yeah. But that's... even Cowboy Bebop has got like a film which fits into the continuity, like somewhere. In yeah, the, it's somewhere in the middle, middle. isn't it? The, <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, I've seen that. The sort of butterflies thing, isn't it? There. Yeah. Which was all. It was all right. Yeah. Yeah. It's not essential, but it's all right. Yeah, exactly. 
Hmm. Yeah. Anywho, the Game Awards. Yeah, it happened. Let's get hyped for things that aren't out yet, or might be out yet. It's funny how this has become... I mean, I don't know, we get more out of this in E3 sometimes, <laughs> these I, days. I have to admit, I was like... I came away from watching, what was it, three hours of this thing, feeling a little bit like, you know what, that was actually more interesting than this year's E3. Yeah. I don't even remember this year's E3. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, yeah. That's, that's, I think that's the exact problem I'm having. It's like E3 this year just really wasn't that... There's, there was no real big reveal, I don't I feel, no. I don't feel like. Just What was the biggest reveal? Metroid Dread? I mean, I, mean, I guess, fine. probably. I mean, that did end up a contender for Game of the Year, I suppose. But yeah. Even so... Oh my gosh! Like Bowser went up and received an, uh, an award for Dread for something I can't remember what. Um, uh, but I don't think Bowser's yet hitting his stride as being the on-stage person because his speech that he gave was so like back of the box. Let's sell the game rather than being oh, like okay. a thank you speech. And it's like, ugh, hmm. this is corporate ass corporate speak. Not like what? Yeah, in a way, why are you receiving this award, Bowser? Shouldn't someone from Mercury Steam or one of, or the actual dev team be up here? Like everyone yeah. else um, who attended this thing. Hmm. It was a bit weird. Get your act together, Ninty. Sort your public image out, mate. Uh, <laughs> embrace the Game Awards. Uh, so, right, right, here we go. I, I've got... This is my, like, cut-down list, but uh, I'm sure Zach will add anything I've missed. Um, no, I won't because I didn't watch it. You didn't watch it? Oh, Why would I bother? <laughs> it's not interesting. I, I don't know. Especially <laughs> not three hours interesting. <laughs> I, I think I think TJ's, as I say, like the, like the best show of the year now. But uh, anywho, uh, the pre- I've got just as many notes for the pre-show as I do for the actual show. which probably, That's why it's also bad. Yeah, it probably tells you something about the main show. Like the triple A landscape probably isn't as hot right now as... Perhaps it should mm. be. Um, Not enough triple anus. Triple anus. Uh, Tunic. Uh, that Zelda-esque fox game. Somehow still isn't out. Somehow still isn't out. Um, has at least now got a, a release date of March 16th. Um, we played that back in... or I played that back in summer when it, they had the Summer Games Fest demo for it. Um and that was surprisingly tough, is how I would describe it. Like the combat is a bit more soulsy than you than Zeldery, despite its perspective and things like that. You know, you've got to worry about timing, you've got to worry about stamina. And I don't mm. know if that particularly was what I was after from a game like this. Mm. Um, but I'm still interested. I still want to see how it turns out. Um, it's still an Xbox exclusive, I believe. So here's hoping there's a game pass announcement because they didn't mention that in this thing which is unusual for microsoft normally everything is tagged with it'll be on game pass this mm. was not um so i don't know quite what's going on there uh possibly one to wet your whistle dan homeworld really? 3 was announced i feel like that had already been announced think, well yeah i think they, they that may have been said before but it felt like this was mm. the, the this this felt like the proper reveal trainer kind of thing um, okay Cool. Are they going to try and make that work on console? Or is that just a PC game? I 
don't know that they were specific, but I'd be surprised if they weren't if trying they, to make it. It's hard enough to control on PC, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. But then maybe a controller actually makes that. Yeah, maybe might make that easier for traversing the 3Dness. But I wouldn't want them to be down on the kind of Halo Wars level of RTS. Right. Know? Sure. <laughs> All units. <laughs> But then they even backed away from that for Halo Wars 2, didn't they? They went back to yeah, sort of did, a slightly yeah. more That's true. Um, detailed thing. Um, then we got we got to see another trailer for Babylon's Fall, which is um, Platinum Games' new joint. Um, where we again we saw that earlier in the year, and it's the the it's a, it's a it's a platinum esque platinum game. You know, it's a character action kind of combat yeah. type thing except everyone had a bit of a problem with the way it looked because it had a sort of a really odd paint kind of vibe going on like a filter over the entire screen that made everything look a bit like brush strokes right um, which I, which looked interesting but kind of en- ended up giving the whole thing a kind of blurry look which rubbed a lot of people the wrong way i was i was a bit juries out on it i'm not sure if i like this or not um but it was at the very least interesting. They seem to have like walked that back. So there's mm. like like there isn't that painterly effect seems to have gone. And as a result, it looks like ass. Like <laughs> somehow they've made this thing look worse. It's uh Oh dear. It's like a last gen game. Like not even Xbox One. Like we're talking like three sixty style quality graphics here. It's like something about this looks looks nasty. But I'm sure it'll play well because it's platinum, right? We can only hope. Yeah. But, but but something about the style and something about just qu- the fidelity of the look is real bad. Um, Maybe they'll take some, you know, reaction on board. Like, well, apparently they already did. They made it bad. Yeah. <laughs> right. And also, Platinum haven't put out a game for a really long time now. Hmm. They, can't, they, they probably need some revenue, <laughs> is what I'm thinking. They probably need to put something out. Well, they probably need to find... You know, finish the other things they're working on. Yeah, because there's that. Be there's, new ones. Uh, what are they working on? They're working on that. They're working on Bayonetta three, and the are, are they working on that Final Fantasy Origins project? No, I don't remember. Is, is that them? <laughs> the sort of precursor to FF one's story. Yeah, it might be. Shirt guy. Wait, no, that's the other Final Fantasy thing. The what thing? Shirt guy. Oh, shirt guy. No, that might be that might Was be that the same thing. One? I yeah. don't remember. That might be the same thing. Uh, so there was that. Um, now this next one looks mental. Uh, it's a <laughs> it's a game called Thirsty Suitors that kind of looks like someone took the plot line from Scott Pilgrim and mushed it into an Indian family drama, and mm. it looks it, it looks mad. Like in a, in a in a sort of good way, kind of mad. It's like you, you've you've you're like the main character seems to have annoyed all of her. She's had lots of ex, lots of boyfriends, and annoyed them all. So she's having to confront them all in like comedy fights. And there's dramatic cooking and a weightlifting grandma or something. It, it looks mad. They're trying to make a Bollywood video game, basically. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> but incredibly vibrant, and as I said, like following the plot line of Scott Pilgrim. So it's. Well, not exactly, apparently. <laughs> no, exactly. No, exactly. But uh, bizarre. It does sound but, bizarre, but it, but it kind of cool, it kind of looks cool. It like it really stood out, I think, amongst the amongst the crowd of things here. 
So I'm gonna keep my eye what on was that. The one. K- what was the like K pop game? Doke V. Yeah. <laughs> what the what was so that? So that was later on in the show. And, Sorry to uh, skip ahead, but yeah. I just thought I'd contrast that together. So Yeah, Doke V, we talked about that back in E3 and sort of summer game first because I think uh, it was probably Gamescom Live. I think we first saw that, and that's the thing that kind of right. looked like somewhere it might, it might be somewhere between Monster Hunter and yeah, 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 Kingdom Hearts maybe, and uh, what's the other thing? Pokemon maybe or Yokai Watch right. that kind of thing, but set in like a Korean seaside town with incredibly vibrant and quite well detailed graphics with ridiculous ways to traverse the town, like drive cars or use laser whips mm. in the sky. And it had, had a real interesting look. <laughs> you drive cars or use laser whips in the sky. Sorry, just, just, just like a combination of words there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, all those things that people do. You know, <laughs> standard <laughs> modes of travel. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and it, it, <laughs> I don't know, it seemed kind of interesting again maybe because of its look and because of its vibrancy and because of its vibe it yeah. stood out which makes this the showing they had at the game awards like all the more confusing because they just seemed to focus on the child char- like characters just having a dance yeah with the same basically. music they used for the previous trailer which you know is a pretty catchy track i'm not going to take that away from it um sure uh but it, like absolutely nothing about gameplay, and like unless that's well, that, what this really is, that well, it is just a music vid game. Well, or... I mean, it probably is. It's probably a Korean MMO where the actual game loop is ass and grindy, and you're only there for the weird to world unlo- of character design yeah, to unlock some dances. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that kind of perhaps soured what it might be a little bit. Hmm. Or maybe Dokevia like is like a like a I don't know is it like a Vocaloid band or Probably. something? <laughs> uh, yeah, so we got to see that again. Um, I was surprised by so I, I guess it was a year or two ago where we had like four or five games that were all announced with like West in the title, like Evil West, Weird West, Way Out West, maybe. Um, Something with Ron Perlman that I played it that was ass. Something about had <laughs> like the West in it. It was like a whole heap of them, um, and we got to see Evil West again this time. I actually kind of think it looks rad. Like it just sort of came across as a like, what if uh, it was like character action, but like what if like um, someone from Red Dead was <laughs> went into Dark Souls or something? <laughs> it's like. Right, right, right. It ended up looking pretty cool. Um, So I think I'll keep my eye out for that one. Evil West. Uh, And then we got the um, new announcement from the studio behind Hollow Knight, which is a game I've not played, but is a game I kind of really still, (laughs) I I, I really would like to play at some point because, you know, it's supposed Mm. to be really good combat Metroidvania. should be should be right up my street with a quality art style. So they're working on their next thing, which seems to take that same style of combat, uh, you know, two D hack and slashy. I don't know. I'm thinking um, dust esque sort of that. You know, um, I'm trying to think of another another equivalent of that 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 sort of thing. Um, 
that sort of combat anyway. Um, but instead of being a Metroidvania game, they're making a roguelike, and you play as Death, who's annoyed with his subordinates for taking the piss out of him, basically. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and it, yeah, art style and stuff looks great, as always, but, uh, you know... I'm going to f- f- put my cards on the table and it's like, well, shame it's a roguelike kind of thing. Um, and not another <laughs> nice Metroidvania game. But uh, hmm. I guess that's what people like these like days. Too much saturation of the roguelike. Yeah, it, it's just, I'm, I'm bored of it. I've said it before. Hmm. Like, I'm just kind of, the run style game just doesn't, 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 doesn't push my buttons much anymore. Like Enter the Gungeon was the last, the last one I think that worked for me. And I, you know, I played Neon Abyss for a bit, but that wasn't, which was trying to evoke some of that gungeonness, but it wasn't. But it wasn't Gungeon. Is that the thing? Is that just because Gungeon is kind of the pinnacle? <laughs> I mean, I guess so yeah. it's not just you're bored of the formula. It's that like, well, the formula's been. Kind of, maybe um, it's been perfected. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not perfected, but you know what I mean. It's like, well, it's, 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 you know, it's it good. It takes hard it's work. To, yeah, it takes hard work to top it. I think mm. um, you're gonna have to real, really try. Um, I mean, here's it's how he's holding out hope that Rogue Legacy Two comes good. Um, yeah, I mean that's got potential, right? I mean, the first time around, it was the the, the best one, probably. Mm. Yes, but the first time around, it was practically the only one. <laughs> yeah, it was when the it was, it was when, so old. It was when the return to rogue lights and rogue likes was still kind of new. Yeah, I think it's like you. In order to fully enjoy Rogue Legacy Two, you might just have to play Rogue Legacy One again to get yourself into like the mindset of how this game is hella old and like incredibly uncomplicated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like it's a hella indie game. If you actually go back to original Rogue Legacy. I mean, I guess the problem now is it's like you've got to compete with Dead Cells, which seems to be Dead Cells and Hades, right? They're the like. Top. I don't think those are exactly the same. They're not. No, I'm not saying they are, but they are sort of top of their game in terms of the roguelike, right? Yeah, but I mean, Dead Cells is much closer to Rogue Legacy than Hades is. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's yeah. not even really. It's not the same perspective for a start, but it's still, I guess, a melee combat esque roguelike is what I mean. Anyway, that's called Have a Nice Death. Um, mm. uh, and finally, in my pre-show selection, um, they showed a little bit of um, footage. I don't think it was strictly gameplay, but it was a sequence from uh, Planet of Lana, which I think we might have seen a PlayStation thing in the past. I can't quite remember. It's not the first time we've seen this, but before they just showed, like, oh, it's a girl and a cute cat thing in some... Mm. In some strange world, but here it was a sequence where you're on a, like a robot spider running away from other robot spiders, and it seems to go bad. And it's hey, we still don't really know what that game is gameplay wise, but it, like it's a two D adventure of some description that seems to look real nice, has a nice vibe. Mm. Keeping my eye on it, even if it's just primarily for cute cat things. See you, cat things. Your cat <laughs> won't get off me. No, she really loves that chair. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! She got herself tangled in the headphone cable. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like you lost some tea there. <laughs> well, luckily I'd already drunk it. It was just the mug. Okay. I do wonder why she's obsessed with that chair. 
it's like it's been numerous times this week where like I've got up for the chat, go make myself a drink, come back, and the cat's been in. Well, I mean, that's just, just butt. That's the traditional. Yeah, one. but I've just butt wedged her off the chair, and it's been fine. <laughs> but I mean, I'm seeing this. Yet. I know, <laughs> and I'm not a single cat platform. <laughs> Maybe there's a scent of the plague child she likes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it's the old cat's detecting illness thing. Maybe I'm oh, dying. Yes. Great, they, thanks, cat. <laughs> they do do that, don't they? I, 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 yeah, when when I'm not feeling particularly, maybe it's just because I'm not moving very much. But like, like, like when, <laughs> so when, you can sit and be sat on easier. Yeah, exactly. But, but when I'm when I'm not well, the cat will come closer. Uh, so next, Sting performed. <laughs> what? No, no, no joke. Sting was on stage. <laughs> we walk in fields of gold. Wow, <laughs> fields of barley. Uh, it was yeah. Apparently, the song he sung was from that League of Legends show that's on Netflix. Oh, Arcane, right? Um, that is okay. supposedly pretty good. Um. If the internet is to be believed, I've not watched it. Not been cancelled. <laughs> not been cancelled. No, in fact, that's been renewed. <laughs> There's another season coming. Talking about quick decisions. Yeah, they made that decision pretty fast. Hmm. Well, I'm sure League of Legends has infinite money to spend. Oh, sure. <laughs> like how many projects are Riot working on right now? Because one of the things they were advertising throughout the show is that Riot have made an album. Like, they've just made a... Like, uh, like, got a whole load of artists together and made a music, a, a literal music album you can get hold of that's designed to be streamer friendly. So there's no royalties on it. If you're like streaming it online or just want background oh, okay. music for your streams and things like that. Right. Or like, here you go, have ours. And I'm like, a bit of me is like, wasn't well, that, wouldn't that normally be the case if you just used royalty free music? Like, why do we need riot for that? But I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Um, just interesting. It's called Sessions, if you're interested. Hmm. Um, and then, right, let's get let's get into it. Now we're into the AAA section, right? Um, uh, and I've, I've skipped again. I've skipped over most of this, but um, hey, Hellblade Two. I mean, we already knew about that, so right? We already knew about it, yeah, because it was announced when Series X was announced um, a couple of years ago. Um, I think that was also at the TGAs. Um, when that was first announced, and this was a um, to call it gameplay is a bit um, strong, but it was in engine, like a sequence at least in engine. And uh, oh boy, that game looks good! Like from a visual fidelity perspective, it's like oh, looks good, yeah. Like yeah, uh, like almost, like remember the do you remember the original Hellblade two trailer they sort of showed? It's like when like see. I remember the Hellway trailers. I don't remember the game. Right? <laughs> like, what was what even kind of game was was Hellblade One? I don't well, remember. Hell, Hellblade One was kind of like a. Uh, it had simple um, sort of one-on-one combat mechanics, like sort of like a little bit like a God of War light, I guess. Mm. So you know you'd be you'd be fighting these skull. All these mysterious spirity dudes, like having little fights with them and things like that. But then there was also like puzzly environments and things. So you'd be walking right. around these environments trying to figure out how to progress um, by manipulating them. But they, and they, most of the things in that game were like one-off events, so you never, you never really right. repeating yourself. It was like you, yeah, you oh, do a cool. thing and then you move on, um, but with incredible production value. Um, 
yeah, so what, what we really what we saw here was um, Senua uh, still dealing with her issues, clearly, but leading a sort of band of or a tribe of dudes trying to take down a giant. Right. Um, and sacrificing a few dudes along the way. Quite a few dudes, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, which seemed like part of the plan, I guess. She wasn't that bothered about it. I don't know, she, seemed, she seemed a bit bothered about the first few. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, when, when people are getting literally, like, <laughs> squished under the hand of a giant, it's like, less, less bothered at this point. <laughs> yeah. They've got to take it down. But then, the, but then the trailer ends in the slightly, like, twist moment where, where the, the sort of the... The giant has said, Senwa, help me. And she sort of goes, I know you. <laughs> and it's like, perhaps you should have figured that out when you threw the first spear, but all right. <laughs> yeah. But because it was like set up like a whole a plan, right? To yeah, draw yeah, yeah. out the giant into the open, I guess. But it's like through the barricade like, or whatever. And Yeah. Didn't seem to work that well. No. <laughs> uh, and I'm not sure if it was worth attacking this thing, given that like you lost half your dudes. I mean, there must but be maybe a reason there's... for it. Yeah, there must be a reason. <laughs> but like, I don't know how that translates into gameplay, other than run away from the thing and like occasionally press a lot to throw. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? But still, it looks amazing. Yeah. But what? What's it? What's the game? I never know these days. <laughs> that is from the problem anything. with trailers. Yeah. Like most, most of them are like. Yeah, so what is this? Like it's it's it is hard I find it is getting harder and harder to get interested by your standard AAA game trailer, right? Like that's, that's why I yeah. pick out the sort of more interesting indie things. Yeah. After now, because it's like they can trail and look weird and look unexpected. Uh yeah. and, and I guess your standard ass shooter or combat game is gonna is gonna have a real hard time to stand out. Because it just shows people you, shooting guns thing. and stabbing dudes, well, it's and it's like most of the time they don't I, even show gameplay, and then it's just like this is just yeah. CG as always. Absolutely. What am I get? What am I learning from this? It's like yeah, uh, like like you said a second ago. At least this is an in-engine sequence. This is in the game. It's a bit like yeah. it's a bit yeah, like yeah. when we first saw Spider-Man, right? And it's, they showed us the mm. the swinging through New York sequence, chasing a helicopter, and it's like yeah, all right, this this is actually gameplay. Like I can this is in-engine, but it's kind of a sequence. But I can I can get behind it. One thing in, in this, and also in the Unreal demo, the, the previous Unreal Five demo, when they're through the rocks and everything. Oh, I yeah, I don't know if from, they've said that Hellblade is an Unreal Five no, project. No, no. But, yeah. but, but one thing in terms of gaming graphics is these things look amazing. But when they like dynamically step into a puddle and it ripples and stuff, mm. obviously that's cool that it's dynamic. But it just doesn't look real compared it's, it's, to we're not the rest quite, of the scene. Yeah, no, some they I can't mean, seem to quite do that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's, that's more to do with the um, mesh quality, I suppose, on ripples because like there's something about water, how water is d done is still quite low, low mesh. I looks, guess low quality mesh kind of glo gloopy compared to yeah. water, doesn't it? I suppose because it, yeah, like, because yeah. and I think that's one of the like weaker elements of like even games that are hugely impressive like Forza Five. How they handle yeah. things like water splash and stuff like that yeah. is pretty weak compared yeah. to the rest I've, of the presentation. Yeah. That stood out to me in that in that Hellblade trailer, but mm. like, I mean, it's amazing. But I, I was just thinking, well, it's the same in, sorry, in Unreal and everything, and like, no one seems to be able to get that right. Even though it looks cool and it's cool that it's dynamic and like with you know real time and like splash it, you know, and it's and it's rippling, but it just doesn't look like actual puddle. <laughs> it doesn't look like yeah. an actual puddle. It's like if everything was made of oil. Mm. Yeah, all yeah, right. I, I, and it's like, well, you know, the reflections off it are ray traced and all this, and it's like, yeah, but it doesn't look real. Yeah, sorry. 
keep trying <laughs> we're, we're, we're getting there we're getting, getting there. there but it's yeah. um yeah it's a it's a trickier one i wonder if like it would be better served with like a um like a shader effect that's just kind of a noise pattern that they could add around it so you still get the mm. like the, the the raw ripple but you just need to add some kind of like extra fuzz to it and that would be enough like to just to just yeah, to just Some suspend kind of smoke your and mirrors thing. Yeah. yeah, to just suspend it, so it's not quite so clear. But like that—that's actually what makes the difference. I think that's right because it's like it's high fidelity in what it is, which is doesn't look quite right if you mm. kind of, you know, blurred that over a bit somehow. Uh, maybe it'd be better. Or is it just the speed of the ripples sometimes? Yeah, right? I like, don't know. Perhaps they're exactly a little slow. So that, yeah. Anyway, it's just something that jumped out at me. It's like, oh, this looks good, but you're in a splashy cave and you just <laughs> stepped in the thing and it just doesn't quite look quite right. Yeah, well, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But who cares? Because what's the game? Yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> that shit doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. We will find out eventually. Um, but hey, they slapped a 2022 on this, I think. So... Um... Hopefully we'll find out. Not that far. Yeah, well, within a year. <laughs> mm. Um. So on a similar note to like, what is the game? We'll, we're getting. Uh, okay, we we knew this was coming. This had been announced um, months ago, but Quantic Dream are making a Star Wars game. Right. So, you know, them of heavy rain and Detroit become human and beyond two right. souls. Then of um, ma- them of taking things too seriously. Yep. Da- David Cage wants to say Jason. Um, Is he going to take Star Wars too seriously? Probably. The trailer? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, almost certainly. I mean, again, it was just like, they say it's in early development right now. So, what on earth does this trailer even like? Why are we even seeing mm. this? Like, we don't, we didn't need a trailer for something that we knew was happening. Like, this doesn't tell us anything uh, other than something that I think they'd already said, like, just, which is the era. Like, what do they call it? The High Republic or something? Oh, it's, it's High Republic, right? Yeah. That's their new kind of multi, you know, multimedia, whatever, um, it, you know, part of the canon to develop whatever right is the high the high republic which is later than the old republic i presume but not as um, current as the films no right so, still prequely still before the prequels uh yeah so i don't think we needed this trailer but so what's the reveal um i thought i was enough of a star wars fan but you know when the drummers turn around it's like what race is that the, the drummer is Zora. Alien race? Azora. <laughs> <laughs> it's Azora. Was that a new race, Sack, or is that just an... Ex- I don't know. Maybe. I need to watch Star Wars Explained YouTube channel to tell me. It looked very familiar. Like, yeah, I was like... But I don't know if that was not, just like familiar it's... because it's been stolen from something else. Like, you know, creatures with very That's little nose and like high nostrils in a sort of Voldemort yeah. sort of way. Basically Voldemort creatures, yeah. No, I can't. I, yeah. Can't can't think what that is. If it is a Star Wars thing, I mean it is now. But mm. the music sounded kind of interesting. But like it's like I say, I don't. I think it's usually a mistake to take Star Wars too seriously. And it looks like, but it's the, it's it's Quantic Dream, so they're bound. They're going to take it too seriously. Mm. <laughs> it's just the way they do it. They're a bit earnest, you know. But that's yeah. okay. It could work. Could you, work. You've you know. got to lean into the bonkersness of it. 
because mm. it is unequivocally bonkers. <laughs> you got to amp up the bonkers. Yeah. That's, that's what makes it good. Well, when it when it when it's good, when you've got a robot Jedi Master with a cough, you know. <laughs> Star Wars at its best. It was just that Star Wars at its meme memeiest. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I want. I'm fine I mean, with that. Oh, the prequels are like, literally every line is a meme at this point. There's <laughs> like there aren't any lines that haven't been memed. Not, not even a single Trade Federation line. No, there, there, there's loads of gun at the ventilation shot. <laughs> is a meme. <laughs> They can't do that. Shoot them. Or something. <laughs> or something. My lord, is that legal? So hey, do you want to know what Remedy's working on? Uh, I am awake. <laughs> you are awake. Because they're making Alan Wake too. Wow. Like over a, over a decade after Alan Wake 1. And hinting that the Alan Wake storyline is part of the same universe as Control. Oh, uh, I suppose that could work. Yeah, Alan Wake 2 is now a thing. Watch out, Zach, cat approaches. Um, <laughs> give me your heads up this time. Um, yeah, so they're going in a different direction, though, with it. Like, So even they, they describe... They had um, Sam Lake on to to give you a little bit of blurb about it and um, sound like and and he was saying it's like yeah so we, we even though we were sort of leaning in the slightly more horror direction like let's be honest Alan, the first Alan Wake game is more of an action game and um uh so we're going to do we're going to properly lean into do and make this our first survival horror game and it's like okay i guess i guess mm. you could go in a, like it's not really your thing remedy but like we could leave i could I mean, you're 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 good enough writers that, that this could work, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, I think they could do it. They could take, you know, it's, it's probably not going to be leaning fully into it as like the survival stuff as like the main. It's probably going to be a light version of that, I imagine. I mean, it'll be like you know, it's Resident Evil, it's Silent Hill, that's that. Yeah, kind of, it's, it's that. It'll be that style of survival horror that they're going for. Evil Within mm. is probably the closest parallel mm. I can think of. Um, well, that could, that could be good. It's not my thing, but like, hey, like, it seems like a good fit for Alan Wake. Hmm. Uh, I guess I hadn't noted this down, but like, it's not the only project Remedy are working on. It's like we've talked again. We mentioned it before, but we got a little reminder during the TGAs that they're working on the story mode for Crossfire X as well. Like, I guess doing just the writing for it, but um. But yeah, Crossfire X, it's like, that's the, I can't remember where it comes from. It's like China or something. It's like a Chinese military shooter that's like pretty big. Um, but then, and it's getting like an Xbox Series X release at some point. But yeah, Remedy are working on a campaign mode for it. Hmm. So uh, I, I think it's safe to say we're not going to see Control 2 any time. <laughs> well... Yeah, obviously they're busy, but you know it's not like it seemed like Control did well enough. That oh, Control did very well for them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Compared to uh, uh, what's the previous the TV show with the guy from The Wire? Oh, uh, Quantum sorry, Break, Game of Thrones, Quantum Break. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Compared to that, 
yes, controls done very well for them. So that could well be. But maybe it'll tie in to Alan Wake too. We shall see. Could all be the same world. Maybe Quantum Break <laughs> is the same universe. And they've just not they've just not actually mentioned it yet. The Remedyverse. How about that hedgehog though? Talking, talking about alternate universes. Talking about a CG trailer that doesn't tell you anything about the game. Ah, uh, no, that actually came came after what I was about to say. First, we got a trailer, the the official trailer release for Sonic the Hedgehog two. And oh, did we really need that either? I mean, probably not at the Game Awards. But... Well, no, for a start. <laughs> but also, did we really need that trailer at all? When it's like, well, this is exactly what we knew was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Sonic's 100% there. of all of the things you expect in Sonic 2. Sonic's there. Tails is there. Robotnik's still got his moustache. And Chaos Emeralds. And there's a Chaos Emerald. And, and Knuckles. And Knuckles turns up. Who, despite being voiced like Idris Elba, might be the one time that it doesn't actually sound like Idris Elba? I don't know. Yeah. It sounds like he put on an accent for once. And also, oh. didn't sound nearly Knuckles enough either. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, maybe not that Knuckles. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so you're disappointed by the vocal performance of Idris Elba? Well, from the, we, we've like, only heard one line. Four words that you managed <laughs> yeah. in that trailer. <laughs> Do I look like I need your power? That's that's all we that's all we've heard. But yeah, and, the, and the also obviously, Eggman tricking Knuckles into fighting Sonic as standard. Yeah, it's like it really. Always. What did you need to know from this trailer? <laughs> That this movie exists. I mean, <laughs> that's about all. That's that's all the knowledge <laughs> you require. I mean, it's kind of nice that they're going that direction, right? That they're playing into the whole knuckles. Knuckles has been tricked thing, rather than just everyone's friends. Is it like? And then, like this is a, like because of how the, the this film version of Sonic works. It's like this is Sonic meeting Tails, which yeah. which I found slightly strange because Tails refers to himself as Tails, yeah. right? And like he should have introduced himself as Miles and then Sonic have been like, but you've got two Tails. I'm calling you Tails. <laughs> yeah, but maybe maybe whoever else Tails has interacted with in that world beforehand already came up with his I mean, maybe, nickname. Maybe, like, maybe did Tails Sonic had... even invent the original Tails' nickname? We don't know. No, I guess we don't. No. I mean, Tails might have had friends, I suppose. Might. But then why is he here? Like, because he just turns up. Well, I mean, that's just how this universe works. People, the, the Sonic characters just keep showing up. There's a backstory behind why Sonic is in this universe. Well, like, sure. But the I'm, power. The, well, the power. And, yeah. But I'm sure you, when you when you come and watch it, <laughs> as, a, as my Christmas present to you. Yes. <laughs> All will be revealed. But hey, that thing's out in April, which doesn't. Which seems like a pretty quick turnaround. Well, they yeah, didn't have quick. to spend twice as long remaking it this time. No, that's true. <laughs> and they did, they did call out on that. They had Ben Schwartz on stage introducing this thing, which was you know mildly painful. He's not. He's like <laughs> I'm not. He's not that great, good a stage comedian, if you ask me. But or at least this segment wasn't wasn't that good. Um, mm. And. Uh, yeah, they did. They did. He did point out. It's like, oh yeah, thanks for your thanks for your notes on his legs and teeth. That that really helped us out. Cheers, um, and eyes, and eyes. Yeah, I suppose, but mostly the teeth. Hedgehog teeth. Uh, yeah. So then we got the, the trailer. Zach was referring to for the for Sonic Frontiers, which was the leak. We we kind of knew ahead of time that that's what this was going to be called. 
it had, mm. but this is the official reveal of the name of Sonic Frontiers. Like before, it had been we'd seen some Sonic game and a symbol maybe that people thought might have looked like the word Zap, so it was referred to as Sonic Zap for a while. And man, what a letdown this trailer was! Like yeah. it doesn't really doesn't show us anything other than hey, they might be going for a realistic look for the world. Like, is it? hinting that it, this might be an open world is Sonic it open game? open world? <laughs> yeah. Is this Sonic Breath of the Wild? Like or, is the, or is this Shadow of the Sonic Colossus? Like, hmm. it's an odd looking thing. <laughs> well, there's clearly towers. Get ready to climb towers. Get ready to climb some towers, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm... I mean, they clearly had to do something with Sonic, but you know, I'd have been happier with Sonic Mania too. Or Sonic Generations 2. Or Sonic Generations, which they're never going to do. No. Because that was the story behind uh, why Sonic Forces came to be, that they kind of didn't want to do a Sonic Generations 2. But they should have. <laughs> but they should have, yeah. Uh, yeah. Way to celebrate Sonic's 30th, guys. Eventually. Yeah. At the last possible minute. They're always celebrating it and, and Sonic's anniversaries. <laughs> like, everything's an anniversary. Well, well the, the Sonic Mania was like the 25th, right? And Right. There was I a, guess there was, there was a reason for that. Yeah. And this year is supposed to be the 30th. And they haven't actually done anything. Like, so, mm. like so, Sega have explicitly slowed down on the Sonic production because they realized Frontiers wasn't a great game. And someone mm. actually stepped in and was like, you know what? We're going to put the brakes on things. <laughs> We're going to actually try and make a good Forces. game. Uh, yeah, Sonic Forces wasn't great. So, like, right. and, yeah. and when when that came about, like, yeah, the management stepped in, or someone stepped in, and was like, uh, yeah, we should we should probably slow down, um, focus on making good games rather than hitting dates. Which is why we haven't seen anything particularly this year. They haven't explicitly gone out of their way to make a 30th anniversary game, <laughs> and also like. Make a movie, I suppose. Making movies, yeah. I guess the movie counts. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, who knows? Because there's that Pokemon Arc 2, as whatever the frick it is. Uh, Pokemon terrible Legends looking open... Arceus, is it? <laughs> Bad looking open world. It's like, it's like just go that direction with everything. <laughs> anyway, we shall see. Breath of the Hog. <laughs> I mean,. It'd be interesting to design an open world that actually worked with moving at such insane speeds. Like, could you? I mean, could it work? I mean, I guess, but I think you'd still Maybe. need, like, for Sonic to work, you do, you do still kind of need defined paths, right? It's... Yeah, but could you make a world that's just a snake of different paths with lots of junctions or something? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, th- I think you could do that. I think there's there's merit in an approach like that, but that's not really what mm. this trailer made it look like. No, it's true. It had like uh, you know the springs or whatever, the 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 pinball bumpers, in in the open world, didn't it? I saw that. I think Stated. you know the red. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose if you could, you know, home towards those, you know, like you can in three D Sonic most of the time. That would take you, you in could. a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. But is it a good? I mean, it doesn't seem like necessarily a good idea. But I mean, could, not, could just not work. for how Sonic tends to move right no exactly 
I mean, are we going to end up in a Sonic Boom territory? Well, yes. I mean, that is the like the proto open world Sonic, where it's like it wasn't open world. It had sort of similar concepts of like using abilities to solve a, a movement puzzle, essentially. Except in that game, it was based on each of the different characters or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Sonic Sonic Boom was hamstrung by um, Sega's decision to make make to sign an exclusivity deal with Nintendo, right? So, like after development had started on Sonic Boom they were forced to use CryEngine on 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 Wii U on a platform where it really wasn't happy <laughs> I don't think that was the only problem. I mean no that's definitely not the only problem but that's um that's uh that's part of why that game failed badly Hey I still like that cartoon man I watched some more of that like I like dumb knuckles Give me more dumb knuckles. I'm like, <laughs> well, you're not getting it according to the movie. Well, I mean, I mean, for a certain still, definition of dumb. Yeah, he might still be dumb. Not comedy dumb. dumb not, not comedy dumb. Uh, what's next? Rocksteady showed off. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League, but this time with gameplay footage. And this thing looks madness. I'm getting like. Serious uh, Sunset Overdrive vibes, hmm. and uh, that's okay with me. I really, I quite liked Sunset <laughs> Overdrive. Like this, this is definitely not another Batman. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Definitely branching out, and, I, and I'm totally okay with that. I don't think I like because I never, I, I kind of got bored with Batman. Like after the two, after two, like after the first two of them, like I've got, I haven't really got much of a desire to go into playing Origins or going to play like Arkham Knight or whatever. Never, never kind of really have. Like I was, I was, I was done after City. Um, yeah, fair enough. I mean, um, arguably, like the first one, pretty much perfected it. Oh, absolutely. I, I, yeah, one hundred percent with you. I think Asylum is a is is a tighter game. Um, yeah, and is than a, any, a, the following. Sequels, yeah. yeah as a result works better for me I, d- I didn't need the open world like or as as much as they opened it up for to it i preferred their sort of more of a mm. metroidvania style i guess that, that the first one yeah. had um so yeah this 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 is probably going to be like the exact opposite of that it's probably going to be like a big open world with but it just looks mad. Like it's like they've only shown like high speed combat in this thing with lots of flashy effects and swinging camera angles and and Australian boomerang guy. And it's I don't know if they get that movement right. It could be could be a, could be a fun time. Could be could be into yeah. it. Yeah, giving the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Although saturation on freaking superhero stuff compared to when they first came out with the sure because we did get a wonder yeah. woman reveal as well to which the crowd was just like whoa you know there didn't well, seem to be much there's no game there no <laughs> it was just, it was, like, it was just, it was just her walking game. out and i don't even know like i can't remember what studio was making it or what it was even about like it was just some sort of like hey we're making a wonder woman game and everyone's like all right <laughs> yeah i know what you mean like it's a bit Maybe DC isn't quite so saturated as Marvel feels right now. After mm, we've had like yeah. Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy and all the Lego stuff they've previously already done, um, maybe DC is a little underrepresented outside of Injustice um, and Batman: The Telltale Game, I guess. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It looked, it looked, it looked all right. It looked all right. What the? Uh, uh... 
Justice League one. Yeah. Oh, killed it. Killed the Justice League. Sorry. Suicide, Suicide Squad. Whatever. Yeah. yeah, that looks all right. Definitely. Yeah. Looks all right. Agreed. Um, and then two more things. Not none. One of these is a game. Uh, <laughs> I just want to have a little shout out to the fact that Metal Hellsinger got a slot. Um, uh, and I think this is a follow up to. I don't know if it's the same game or, but if if not, it's an incredibly similar game to the already released BPM, which uh, is basically Rhythm Doom. So there's there's that the heavy metal music playing, but you do more damage if you manage to time your shots and your actions to the beat. And it's like, okay, that sounds, that sounds like a bit up of me. Your street, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like they, they were, it's like they were almost directly like just like looking at me and going, "You like this, don't you?" And I'm like, "Yes, yes, I do." Do you like <laughs> to kill with skill? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it looks as I said, like I, I haven't, I didn't, go, I haven't done my research and I haven't looked up whether this is a direct follow up to BPM, but that it looks, it the it has like a two chevron system that like moves move two angle brackets basically that move towards the center of the screen and that's how you know when the beat is and things like that and when you should do your actions and that's the exact same graphical um uh style they use for bpm so my assumption is that this is a follow-on but this one has like bigger names um from the metal world doing tracks for it um so yeah just, well, well done for getting a prime time slot. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I was like. Well, well done for get sliding that in there. Uh, and my final point on out of the out of my TGA list um, is Google Play Games had a little thing saying, "By the way, we're bringing Android games to Windows," and I, and that got me thinking a little bit because that's that's kind of weird right like oh you want the mobile experience on your pc fine google's got you covered and i'm like a bit of me thinking okay how does that work oh right windows 11 actually has yeah android support now yeah it does yeah so this is just google sort of like going oh opportunity <laughs> yeah well but i thought that was kind of a given that you could run almost any android app on your yeah but i guess 11. it's interesting that it's coming from like Google Play are launching a store to do that. Oh, I see. Okay. Google mm, Play Games is coming to Windows. Mm. So I wonder if that means like if you've bought something on your phone via Google Play, it's like, yeah, fine, play it on your PC, go nuts. Like but presumably that's gonna have some weird complications with like what games like require touch. I know Windows could be touch friendly, but like but what about the ones that aren't? Like there's a growing number of Android games that are controller friendly for sure, um, but I don't know if Google has like the classification system to like tell you up front what you need. Mm. So if they don't, yeah, they probably do now. But yeah, that's just an interesting. I don't know. Caught my eye. I thought it was intriguing. Hmm. I can't really think of any mobile games I'd really want to play on PC, but there you go. It's just Jetpack Joyride. <laughs> yeah, probably. Agent. <laughs> Agent. No, you probably could just emulate that on, on your current PC. Yeah. No, you need Windows 11 for that one. No, you could just, probably just use an Android emulator to, to run that. <laughs> I don't know if they put out a Windows Store version of that. I know they did for mobile, but 
like that version never got all the updates. <laughs> and those are my picks from the TGAs. There were other things. I disregarded them. The TGAs. So what about the whole Unreal Engine thing? <laughs> yes. That? So yeah, I kind of skipped over that intentionally because I've played it. Um, and ah, I was going to okay. go into that as as a thing you can do. But yeah, the Matrix were there. That was kind of the one. Like, was that the last last? Re- it probably was the last reveal of the show. Um, it's like, hey, Epic are doing an Unreal Engine five demo. That's tech demo. Tech, yeah, yeah, tech demo that's like based on the Matrix. And we're giving it to everyone on console right now. Go nuts. Woo. Um, yeah, so this is the first Unreal 5 thing that's publicly gone out the door. Right, that's um, actually run- runnable on yeah. consoles. Yeah. On, on, yeah, on consoles. I think the previous... the previ- They have said that the, their previous damage they showed, like I think one the, the sort of... Was it they, they called it in Luma in the world of nanites or something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. The, the the sort of sandy rocky one with the lady flying mm-hmm. through the city being destroyed at the end. Um, yeah, where uh, it was all loading in super fast without any LOD changes. Exactly. That, that they said that was running on PlayStation on on PS5 um, right. when they showed that off. Um, uh, but now we've now we've got proof that it's like yeah yeah no you can this this absolutely can run on consoles. Um, uh, yeah, so I've I've looked at this thing and holy hell, it's impressive! <laughs> Unbelievable! Like, oh my god! Like next the, gen, finally. Yeah. The it really does. Like they, they they talked about their meta human stuff before and how it could be mm. used to generate like human models with with full rigging for animation and stuff like that. And they've used that here, but they've used it like with the with models of Keanu Reeves and Carrie Anne Moss, thus. Solving the question that some people had about metahuman would be like, oh, can we actually stylize this enough? Yeah, to throw our own characters on there. So <laughs> this is their way of saying, shut up. Yes, you can. Um, <laughs> Fair, yeah. Of course you can. Um, by like swapping between live action footage of Keanu with like metahuman Keanu. Oh, interesting that you say that. There is no live action Keanu in this thing. <laughs> <laughs> there is none. It is all rendered. The only actually that's a lie. There is one bit where it is um video Keanu and that's the bit where they're showing clips from the original Matrix film on a yeah, little TV from the screen. Film, right? Yeah. Uh, <coughs> and it's that Lawrence Fishburne is just Lawrence Fishburne is a video. Yeah. Yeah, there's thin from But it's very well edited into the shot. Um Yeah. Um every other shot of Keanu in this thing is rendered. It's the CG real time unreal Meta human. Uh, same. The same goes for Carrie Ann Moss. Every single shot of her is rendered real time. Again, there. Well, I say that there is one exception for both of those, and that's where they're saying, "Hey, meta humans can do all this," and that's when they, 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 there's a whole load of people suddenly spawn on screen to be like, right, yeah, "Oh, yeah. we can do all these variations of people." That's that's actually video at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the rest of it, it's all it's all real time. Yeah, and it's it looks well good. <laughs> Do you remember when we were talking about that PS5 um, reveal video and everyone had that sort of thing where for some reason the way it had been filmed, everyone was going, are the people in this real? 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. What what game? What game was oh, that? Excuse me. That was that wasn't a game. That was the presenters. That was like E3 or oh was yeah, 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 yeah. E3, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, because they looked all plasticky, but actually just was that was there. just how it was filmed and the makeup or something. <laughs> yeah. It was real weird. Um, yeah, this this has this looks the same as that, except now we can say this is fake. This is a hundred percent. Yeah, and it's it's just phenomenal. Like you can you can look at it and hundred percent believe that that is Keanu doing that. I mean, it's all mocapped, yeah. I guess, but yeah. But but oh my god, it's like even just little things as he's walking around the old the white matrix set with those chairs. That hey, if you pay attention, you can see that each one of those chairs is just a copy of the other one. Like the the wrinkles and stuff right. are in the exact same They're place. The same chair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, like, like even as he's walking around that, the way his shirt moves in that scene in particular, where I was watching, and it's just like, oh, that's incredible. And then yeah. it cuts to him looking at himself yeah. in the mirror, and it does a does a does a frankly hilarious "Hi, I'm Keanu Reeves" moment. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, but again, just a real time model of, of him in this in this mirror, like being himself. And it's like, yeah, no, I, I can see it. I, this is this is Keanu being Keanu, but it's not Keanu. And it's like, oh, my brain now hurts. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And that's like that's even before you get to the like cinematic the worlds. Yeah, and like the, the cinematic sequence itself is done ridiculously well. So like it's using young Neo and young Carrie Anne. Um, I've got a character named Trinity, young Trinity, like Amazing. in a car having a having a chase, having a nice little tongue and cheek kind of conversation each other about this is how the Matrix used to be. Like, I, I yeah, I, I kind of like this. <laughs> We're not yeah. these people anymore, kind of thing. It's like it's it's quite well written, and uh, uh, yeah. All the while, this ridiculous real time car chase is going on whilst these these convers these characters are having. A conversation with each other, lit by real time rail- ray traced shadows, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, all kinds of that using in Unreal Engine Five's uh, chaos physics engine to model how the cars crash and the particles and explosions that go alongside it. Um, all all of it being done in real time, and then they throw in a, a third character into the mix. Who is completely fake? This is like this character called Io is a uh, a meta human. She's mm. not. She's been designed from from the ground up using the Unreal Metal Metal Meta Human system. She's not a real person. It's not based on anyone, mm-hmm. and she fits in perfectly. Right? That's the that's the thing. It's like you can put Neo there. You can put. You can put Keanu Reeves there. You can put Keanu Reeves there. Luckily, because it's the Matrix. Yeah. They are. uh, Luckily, because it's the Matrix, they're all wearing sunglasses. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I suppose you never (laughs) see Io's eyes. Yeah. But But yeah, that helps. (laughs) But it just looks phenomenal. Like, I I watched the Digital Foundry thing on it afterwards because I was just like, like, how did they do this? And it's like, yeah, they're using real filmmaking lighting techniques for some of this, like using reflective boards to ray trace the Luma light onto people's faces mm. in a way that highlights them against the thing. They're using real filmmaking techniques in this virtual world mm-hmm. and uh, to make it look as good as it does. And it's like, yeah, it works. A hundred percent works. Um, throw in some minor criticisms while we're at it though. Um, this whole demo is presented in 24 frames per second cinematic mode. So it's not right. it's not running at thirty as you might expect some games to. So on some systems it's gonna look a little janky. Like mm. I think it was fine for me because I'm using a TV that can support twenty four frames. Right. So, so it, it looked pretty all right. 
um, from my perspective. Um, performance isn't perfect throughout this thing, but um, apparently Epic have been a little bit upfront about this, saying this was made by a quote-unquote small team. And by small team, they mean about 70 people. Um, right, yeah, classic. <laughs> <laughs> um, small in the today's AAA sense. But it was made pretty quickly, and it's not game-optimized. Um, so it's not, you know, it's not gone through the usual development cycle of trying to make it perfect, I suppose, as as a game designer might do. Um, mm. uh, but it is running full Nanite technology. It is running full Luma. It is running ray tracing to handle some, not all of the reflections. Um, and it's hella impressive. Like I disagree. I, mean, with, I disagree with some of the things like Digital Foundry said because they made the um, John Linneman made the quote and it's like it's, this is the first time it's like you just don't see any Lod pop in anywhere and I'm like oh, I'm going to question you, you on that. You can see it, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, one of yeah. the things you can do at the end of the demo is just take a drone about and go fly around the city and have a look at things in detail as right. you like. So I flew it miles above the city and I found a spot where I could move a few inches forward and have it very clearly pop in some detail on some buildings in the middle distance. Sure. And yeah. then move back a few inches and they would go. So there is LOD going on. It's not LOD yeah. free. Um, and, you know, their comment about, like, there's no pop in. It's like, yeah, there is. Um, mm. But it's just not. But it is way more subtle than you than than current gen games, yeah. basically, or games that don't have this nanite system. Yeah, they, yeah. they used Watchdog Legions as the comparison, you know, which is like mm. a very good looking city. And they just ramped everything up to max on that. And it's like, yeah, the, the lod is more obvious there. You can, I agree with their sentiment on that. Um, and it's interesting that yeah, Unreal Engine is now like the universal game engine and it can be used just as well for open world the games like that as for the traditional Unreal games would have been more, well, less open, right? Sure. Just yeah. The original, said, it, so. yeah. The original U Engine 3 wasn't, wasn't really geared up for open worlds. Yeah. But then if you think about, I suppose if you think about Unreal Tournament 3, that those environments were, yeah, kind of open. But now they're at a point where they're like, well, you know, you can support for the open world world with this engine, which also does the level of detail that you'd want for a, a Gears of War or whatever. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it is, it's exciting because it's like, I don't know, you know, it is a little bit sad that it's like they are, they're, they're gearing up to monopolize the space completely, pretty sure, much epic, yeah. right? But on the As other any hand, company like, would want to do, I suppose. Yeah, but it's so hard to like make these games these days. And it's like, if they've, they've not only combined the amazing technology of having like this, you know, scalable graphics that no one else can do, with like the tooling to make it a bit easier that you only need 70 people, not 700 people or whatever to do it. Mm. That actually opens up because the whole question is like, this is really cool and awesome, but like, what's the game going to be? This no. isn't a game. So but, it's for other people to make games with, but I just hope somebody makes something good. Something interesting. The technology yeah, is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like, and I guess it's Unreal's prerogative to make everything about Unreal Engine 5 that they've talked about so far has been visual, right? There's yeah, not, yeah. There's nothing here to say we're adding. Well, I say that I say nothing. Like they 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 talked a little bit about how they're using their AI routines. Like there is an mm. AI system at play that is part of the engine for how they're doing the traffic and um yeah. The the people in the city that that stuff is uh is managed by an inbuilt Unreal Engine system. Um yeah. 
but you're right. It's like this is this is at the end of the day, it's just an engine. It is up to up yeah. to developers to still come up with interesting ways to use it. And, so, um, uh, but that's cool that you can just buy in like such incredible technology. Like, and Unreal has got to the point where, like, when Nintendo want to remake the Game Boy game Link's Awakening, they use Unreal Engine. <laughs> sure, <laughs> it's just ridiculous at this point. So, so if it's a win for everyone, if Unreal Engine gets massively better in a big leap like this, and sure, it is, and it's not without its competition, but like, because Unity is about Unity is big, Unity mm. is easy to use. Um, and it's cheaper, is my understanding. Oh like yeah, using using, sure. using Unity if you're a small studio is a, is a no brainer. Like the the licensing yeah. agreement is 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 friendlier. Um, but that's that maybe that choice gets harder. <laughs> like I guess the, the other question is like how scalable will like U Engine Five be to projects that aren't just this super high fidelity i know they've talked about the nanite engine being being scalable to, to, to for platform like, and because for like photorealistic stuff it, yeah and that's another thing they talk about is like it gets past the point of artists having to create all these high quality assets because you can just scan a real world object at this point <laughs> to a point to create yeah. like a lot of those rocks and stuff they're just like scanned they literally send people out to the desert to scan some rocks well supposedly like sell those supposedly quite a large portion of this "Quote unquote small team were just artists in this instance. Right, yeah. They were they were yeah. people making the assets, getting them into the yeah. game, and and you know you can see the limitations of some of it in places like oh yeah. In some of the footage, Digital Foundry showed they showed one set where they showed like um well here's a very high detail mailbox, and it's like ah but there's three of them next to each other and they all have the, same, all the same texture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's well, like, that's something you could presumably fix with a bit of machine learning like if potentially you could yeah teach a computer what a mailbox looks like and it could generate you some mailboxes because that's what they did with trees years ago speed like, tree. tree and all that yeah so i'm sure they'll do it with more objects yeah probably um but hey the other takeaway from this is like that this entire project will apparently be released in the source code and all the assets mm. and everything for free so anyone using unreal engine 5 can access what they've done like as a learning nice. tool but also those assets can just be freely used it's like and these these are incredibly high detailed assets mm. and they're just like for building a like a a new york-esque environment mm. and it's like and now everyone has them so it's like that's kind of interesting <laughs> it's like just this, i mean that this is their dream right this is unreal this is what unreal want to do they want to yeah. like capitalize on the thing that i think unity really started which is to have this like asset store but the assets are all really, really ridiculously nanite good quality, and um, yeah. so people want who you know, and film studios. Let's not forget that um, people who want to use things like the, the like the volume from um, Mandalorian mm. have access to all yeah. this oh, stuff, yeah, so they can true, just yeah. build virtual sets. Um, well, that's the other thing, isn't it? Even if no one makes any good games out of this stuff, then it's still going to end up being used in TV production. Exactly, Unreal Win either way. It. Yeah. It's phenomenal, honestly. One major concern I have, though, is this demo is only isn't. I mean, it's not huge. Like, there's only a few minutes of content yeah. here. Yeah, it's fifty gigs. It, right. Yeah, it's a fifty yeah. gig download, and it's like, yeah, you're getting quite a big portion of city, but that city's not exactly very distinct around like its various no. areas. It all kind of looks the same. 
Um, it's a reasonably large area, but I wouldn't say like there's any particularly unique features in it as no, you as you no. fly around. Um, but yeah, there's some really fascinating techniques going because I looked at it in more detail and started like messing around in the open world and was like, okay, let's have a look at these reflections. Yep, sure enough, they are ray traced. That's great. But then I found like one spot where it's like, okay, this reflection is ray traced, but the lighting doesn't match. Why doesn't the lighting match quite right? And then I figured it out that it's like the geometry was right, mm. but the lighting quality was using a screen space technique. So it was seeing the screen space of the building that was also on screen and using that to apply the, the glare that I could see mm. in the window. And it's like, okay, I guess that's a performance thing. They had to draw a line somewhere in how the ray tracing worked. They're not going to use Luma modeling, I guess, for everything. Mm. Um, so yeah that that was interesting the other thing they show off in this thing is like how they're using an upscaling technique so like like a, a, they're not rendering every pixel all the time they're, they, they're kind of like taking a, a sort of sample like every frame and being like yeah we don't need to render all 4k here we're going to use pixels yeah. from the previous frame to fill in the gaps um and it's kind of dynamically picking what it wants, what it wants to do each frame. Um, and you can there's a, there's a one point in where does it shows you all the techniques like that they that they used that, that gives you the toggle to be like you can turn this off if you want. And it's like oh right yeah now I can see now where it's actually where it's rendering pixels each frame and it just blacks out the ones that it's not. Right. And it's like, yeah, okay. I did, I couldn't quite see what you were doing there. And it's like, but the the effect of is, is the effect is good enough. In this instance, um, you can definitely see some like noise, I guess. Like this, you know, ray tracing has had had a thing with like noise patterns, I guess. Um, there's definitely places in the design where you can see that, and you can look at things and be like, "Oh yeah, no, that's that's not that's a little fuzzy," or it took a while for it to come in. It took a few frames for it to materialize properly, mm. and it's like I, that's just a yeah, that's just a product of the the ray tracing techniques they're using. Um, but yeah, hugely impressive thing. It is worth checking out. You might as well, if you've got fifty gig, if you've got, got fifty gigs on your download allowance, and uh, <laughs> then then check out this tech download. Yeah, yeah, you might as well if you want something to say, "Hey, the future." I've tasted the future. It's like this is this is one way to do it. It's it's insane. It's insane. And the Matrix is kind of a cool. I know I'm still excited for this new film somehow. So I damn it's right, <laughs> it's kind of a cool thing to show it off with. I, I, I love that you can turn off the Matrix filter. That's not. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can make it cool. less green. Um, but like, yeah, but yeah, come on, somebody make a good game with this technology. Yeah, go go watch that Digital Foundry thing if you're at all interested in this stuff because they they. I wouldn't say it's one of their full breakdowns, but it is interesting. They do pick up on a lot of detail um, mm. Mm. Uh, about how, what the Nanite engine can do, what it can't do currently, um, mm. uh, how the Luma engine works. Um, yeah, it's fascinating stuff. That's the future. Right. I guess you've sort of stumbled into what you've been playing in a way with that tech demo. Hmm. Oh, don't expect to go into this demo like thinking there's a game behind it because like the shoot, even the shooting gallery bit is you're not really aiming. You're just sort of vaguely picking no. a cursor position out of a load of preset yeah. positions. 
the future is quick time events. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, <laughs> 20 years later, it's like, it's the same shit. Hey, man, if they like, make interactive films, like maybe this, maybe interactive films could be a thing with this tech, like in a believable way. Hmm. Quantic Dream. Switching to Unreal Engine video, 5 video now. <laughs> probably for that star. In fact, they are probably literally, right? For yeah. That star Wars Eclipse. I'd be very surprised if they're not. Yeah. I think I saw the um, Epic or the Unreal Engine logo at the end of that trailer. Hmm. Alrighty. What's next? Alrighty. Time? Uh, well, I mean, you've already started, but should we get <laughs> Zach? You've been a, bit, a little silent. <laughs> Maybe it's the time. Does Zach not care about the Matrix? We've been playing. <laughs> we didn't care about most of that shit, but I've also been. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what shit? We're just talking about shit, basically. <laughs> I've also been getting my shit under control. You'll notice what? <laughs> I've managed to get these, under control. The sniffing and sneezing mostly under control now. Yeah, no, so no, I can no, actually no. talk. <laughs> it, was just, it was just me coughing there. <laughs> Oh, that, that wasn't Zach those few times. I need more beverage. My throat is dry. Oh, well, you can do that, I guess, yeah. if you really need to. Absolutely. Okay. I'll let you carry on. <laughs> what have you been playing, man? Um, well, a couple of things. Um, it's Christmas time in Satisfactory. <laughs> Cause, of course it is. Because this year I'm actually playing it during the Christmas period when their Christmas event turns on. So... And also in multiplayer, we've still been playing a small amount of the multiplayer, but not really that much. It's been hard to get together to actually do it. Apparently, <laughs> we keep we keep being like we should play it today, and then it just doesn't happen. So multiplayer hasn't been happening that much. But yes, the Christmas thing is kind of weird. I mean, it starts off it starts off in a very non satisfactory, uh, non factory way, where you're just like running around grabbing the presents that are being parachuted in from the sky, which is like okay. <laughs> Giant presents are just wafting down slowly, and then you just <laughs> run around and grab them. Okay, <laughs> you don't have to work hard for these things because they're just gifts from Santa. Yeah, they're just chucked from space, presumably. Right? Does so that you... unbalance the game in any way? Well, I mean, they're not actually—they're not useful. Well, yeah, they're not—they're like a specific <laughs> item that only appears at Christmas. The Christmas I presents. See. But then you do then, of course, craft those presents into other Christmas-related objects. So it's like, oh, you smelt the Christmas presents and they turn into baubles somehow. <laughs> but then after, so after you've progressed a small amount into the Christmas tech tree, you unlock the, what is basically a Christmas tree that just generates presents. And then it's like, oh, well now, now we're back to playing actual satisfactory. You're building a factory to automate Christmas where it's like the presents are coming out of the tree and they're going into the smelters and getting turned into baubles. And then the baubles are getting combined into holly wreaths somehow. Oh my God. This, wow. is, this is my worst nightmare. Extremely Christmassy. Automating Christmas. It's yep. like, I'm not that jolly at the best of times, but oh my God. <laughs> well, you'd have to worry if you got it automated. Well, yeah. I suppose that's true. Yeah, it would take the pressure off. <laughs> but the thing is, like... <laughs> the... It'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be like, if you got your factory like too good, that would be like Christmas overload. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, from what I can tell, I think I'm on the last tier of the Christmas tech tree now, and <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's... It doesn't go super deep, but that's kind of obviously, you know, intentional. It's not. It's only meant to be like a one-month thing. It's not like the whole game. <laughs> Are they going to leave it running? What happens to your factory when Christmas ends? Well, that was the thing I was thinking about, because the, so the first problem with it is, like, 
you basically just have to build a new factory to deal with the Christmas stuff. So, yeah. so I was just like, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mess up my current factory, and I'm, it's like, I'm very specifically going to build this entire Christmas thing so I completely separate using different ore patches and everything, so it's not interfering at all with my actual factory. So I did that, but then I was like, oh, I wonder what will happen when the Christmas event turns off in January and here comes the cat again. <laughs> ah! <laughs> claws. Direct claws. Catisfactory. Yep, exactly. That would be... <laughs> they should do that for some yeah, kind of seasonal event. Yeah, like maybe it's a Halloween event. Catisfactory. <laughs> well, they already have that arachnophobia filter where it just jams a cat JPEG on top of the spiders. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I was wonder I was definitely wondering what's going to happen to this whole factory I built when Christmas finishes. Cause I mean the Christmas trees and whatnot, those could just disappear, but the rest of it is just like regular factory buildings. <laughs> so you might just end up with this weird, like half demolished non functional factory that's just left over. Mm. And then you go and demolish it. I mean I mean I guess in theory if they turn if this I guess it's, they don't really turn it on. It's just a seasonal event toggle, which I guess just uses system clock or whatever. Because mm. there's an option in the options menu to just disable seasonal events. So even if even if you're playing it now during December, you can just choose not to have see. the Christmassy shit happening. So I don't know. It's like maybe How does it work? is it like just a resource that appears in the world? Yeah. That it, so if you want, you can use it. Well, I mean, the Christmas presents just drop from space, and then once you <laughs> unlock the Christmas tree that generates the Christmas presents, you just place that like a building. Because I originally was wondering whether there was just like actual resource nodes that would appear on the map during Christmas, but they solved it this other way by just making a building that makes the stuff basically. Hmm. But yeah, I was like, maybe what you actually want to do is if this happens every year, just build like, build a permanent Christmas factory just off somewhere else on the map that's not actually attached to your main factory. And yeah. then when Christmas comes around, you can just reconnect it all. Just turn it on. <laughs> but I'm not sure if there even is any reason to do this more than once, of course. Because I haven't finished it yet, so I don't know what you, what can you, what can they even give you as a reward? Aesthetics. Yeah, some kind of fancy, like, green and red shiny thing well i know that there's a i know there's a golden version of the coffee mug that you can get but i don't know where you get that from i don't know if that's a reward for this or something else what's the importance of the coffee mug there isn't it it's just a point it's just a weird thing you can buy in the shop you can just buy a coffee mug that just it just occupies one of your hand slots so you can have it equipped <laughs> i guess it's sort of nice because it doesn't obscure so much of your views so oh i see <laughs> so right. when you're, is, this, is this the equivalent of unarmed yeah effectively although you can just be unarmed as well although mm. your hands kind of are still in the view even when you're not equipped with anything i guess it takes so it takes up less screen real estate than deep rocks beer <laughs> well maybe about the same when you're not drinking it of course. Those, those are some big beers well the deep rock it, it takes up all the screen <laughs> well, when you're chugging it. It. <laughs> yeah when you're chugging it and it's in your face <laughs> but yeah so that's the christmas event in satisfactory but that's kind of also prevented me from actually working on my actual factory again because <laughs> <laughs> i haven't been playing that much satisfactory it was just like i i want to actually see this christmas event this year because i've missed it all the other times or the other two times i suppose mm. <laughs> so we get, I'm, i'll probably get through that although it looks like at this point now that i've got to the last tier of the tech tree it will just be like i only need one more machine or one more duplicate set of machines to do this last step and then i can probably just leave it running because it seems like the last step you need a lot a lot of the thing but 
I'm not going to scale this up. Like, <laughs> I'd scaled it for like one belt's worth of presents, which was enough in the early phases, but then it's like, it's almost the same as the Autonauts problem, where it's just like, when you're going up the tiers of this tech tree, everything is mashing like those two to one ratios and everything or whatever. Right. So I was just like, I'm not going to bother trying to scale this up. I'm just going to leave it running and then go back and work on my actual factory, I guess. <laughs> and hopefully not be too annoyed by giant presents falling on me all the time. Because <laughs> they do have a hitbox. Can they, can they kill you? I don't think they can. I, I don't know, actually. I guess I've never actually had one land directly on me. They are quite annoying where they land really close to you and play like a giant jingle bells noise directly next to you and suddenly. <laughs> like I said, worst nightmare. <laughs> it's called Fixmas, of course, because it's Fixmas. Fix It. Oh, right. <laughs> fix It Incorporated doing Fixmas. No similarity to actual real world holiday, clearly. <laughs> All similarities are purely coincidental. <laughs> yep. So it was that. Um, and then the main thing I played was just a ton of oxygen not included because I got the DLC. Because the oh, DLC right. is about to come out. Hmm. And obviously you have to get in slightly before it comes out and they put the price up. <laughs> Standard procedure. <laughs> Unless they do a release 25% off, which sometimes happens. Well, but... sure. <laughs> but that might just neutralize the increase. Yeah. So it might well, be functionally the probably, same. Probably, yeah. But yeah, so I got into that and started up a, a new game of that and I mean it's totally fine and like more content is always good obviously for, as for this kind of game especially more different problems and whatnot. And but I've seen like two sort of main complaints about it which I don't think are complaints that I necessarily have but I'm going to talk about them anyway so this isn't exactly a sidecast review because it's not me complaining <laughs> about them exactly it's other people okay. complaining them complaining about it and then me saying what I what I agree with or don't it's a by proxy review yeah by proxy salad review <laughs> <laughs> so the first one that I do agree with slightly is that I quite like this approach by the way this is quite interesting <laughs> first of all I agree with slightly is that it's kind of a bit like micromanaging I mean obviously the whole game is micromanaging because that's the game that's that is the game mm. but like it sort of amplifies it a bit because you're having to essentially manage three bases at once because like normally you'd you'd like you'd have a plan where you'd like I want to build an oxygen making facility and you have to do all this stuff and then you you lay out the plan and you get the guys to build it and then you're done and then you move on to the next plan but now you're having to do that in like every one of these bases at different times like each one of these bases will be in a different point in their development because of when you settled that asteroid so you're kind of having to manage multiple versions of the same plans at different stages and different so you're and you're constantly switching back and forth between these asteroids and the like alerts are popping up and telling you like something's going on over here that you need to look at or so yeah it does get a bit more like you're not as focused on one task i guess mm. is what like, what you probably say it is you can't you, or you can't you can't yeah. focus on one task because you're constantly having to worry because everything is always like you know on about on, to be on yeah fire. on the verge of failure yeah mainly like you know the ai problems of just like you can't just set a set a blueprint out and be like, okay, you just build that because they're bound to stupidly dig out the wrong tile and get themselves stuck and then suffocate to death. <laughs> <laughs> happens all the time. 
that you can mitigate it if you like understand how the AI functions and be like, okay, you just prioritize the different parts of it so they do it in more or less the right order and that sort of mitigates the problem. But it, then it is more micromanaging because you're mm. just like, you do have to go in there and precisely lay out all the individual steps. <laughs> But yeah, so it is kind of like, and then that extends even more so to like the rockets, because now the rocket, obviously this whole DLC is about the rockets. It's about getting you into the rockets earlier in the in the game, basically, because mm. now you're having to travel between these different asteroids much earlier, mainly because they've also made it so the, the starting asteroid is much more limited on what resources it has. Right. So you actually right. have to go out to these yeah, other places yeah, yeah. earlier. But when you're dealing with the rockets, I mean, there is automation for, like, launching rockets and whatnot, but they do still need a pilot, so there's still that level of you have to get the guy to go into the rocket, which sometimes isn't that easy, as you would think. But then, also, they've now you actually have to worry about, you know, the pilots being able to survive. Because <laughs> previously, in the vanilla game, you just shove a dude in there, and they just disappear, and it's fine. <laughs> they can be in space for 20 old days and then they'll come back and it's uh, nothing will have happened <laughs> but now there's actually now there's actually an interior of the command module that you have to build buildings in to I make see, the guy yeah. be able to survive huh. <laughs> and then again so now it's another effectively another screen that you're constantly having to switch to between all your different asteroids and every command module on every rocket oh wow so if you have loads <laughs> in flight you've got loads of those to manage at once well ideally you're not managing those it's like you have to you've set design them, them in you... a very precise way that the guy will just live right <laughs> but in the early game you actually kind of can't sometimes if the guy doesn't live um it depends like the rockets do have an autopilot so if they if the dude dies you can just get the rocket back or you can self-destruct hmm. which also is a way to not die like if everything's gone horribly wrong you can just self-destruct the rocket and eject the people <laughs> oh i see whichever's more important at the time yeah <laughs> but yeah ideally you're going to set those up so that the that isn't a thing you have to worry about but in the sort of early game tech, you maybe don't have all the options you need for that. Like, you have a very... Well, I mean, the first command pod especially is very tiny, and you have to cram in... Certain, like, you obviously you need food, so you need probably some kind of storage box to put the food in. And also you need to worry about the food decaying, so ideally you need one of the types of food that doesn't decay or decays really slowly. So you need to get that in there. And then you need a toilet, and then you don't necessarily need a, like sink slash hand sanitizer thing because i mean germs aren't that bad but <laughs> ideally you probably don't want them to get food poisoning while they're in space that would be mm. good so you gotta cram that in there as well and then a bed obviously so they can sleep and then the rocket control station obviously has to be in there as well that takes up space so in the in like the first capsule's space limit you pretty much can't fit in like for example an oxygen vent <laughs> Well, you can fit in an oxygen vent, but that won't actually give you enough oxygen because the volume of the capsule is so small. Like, the volume of the capsule versus a normal oxygen vent's pressurization capability, which is like two kilograms per tile, that's not enough oxygen to last like a six-day trip, which is mm. probably the shortest trips you're going to see. So you have to somehow get more oxygen in there than you can with just a vent. Mm. which in the earliest game version I was doing, you, I was 
demolishing the toilet to give myself room to put in a canister filler attached to an oxygen pipe and then filling up canisters and just put the, putting them on the floor, basically. And then midway through the flight, when the oxygen alert popped up, I then get the pilot to unbottle the extra oxygen. Oh, I see. And it's like, that's... <laughs> Not automated in the slightest, because you have to demolish the toilet every time you land to put the canister filler back in <laughs> to fill up new canisters to give yourself the oxygen. But then obviously, you know, high-tech solutions, you eventually get to options where you can. I mean, the high-pressure vent is the current solution that I'm using, where it's just like, you just pressurize it to 20 kilograms per tile, and then that is enough oxygen. Although they're, all your pilot's eardrums are going to constantly pop because of the high pressure, but, you know, mm. they can suffer that much stress. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> but then the the problem with that, of course, like the pilot, now that you're having the pilots have to be, you know, functional in the rocket, that also means there's m- more like, you have to worry about their morale because obviously they still function in the same system. But because they're in this tiny capsule where you can't have like a proper bedroom or a dining hall or whatever, they're going to basically have no morale bonuses. So you can't give them as many skills, which means if you've been using them in your actual main base where you want them to have skills, you probably have to run them through the skill scrubber first, get rid of all the skills, reassign the skills, but only for like the rocket piloting skills, Mm. (laughs) or just have pure pilots. Who, whose only job is whose only skills are ever going to be rocket piloting, and then you only ever like, assign them try and, as the pilots. Try, try and train them in like boredom. Yeah, basically. And there are a couple of like the the random like buffs or whatever that the dupes spawn with. You, there are some new ones. Like there's the one where if you're alone, you get stat bonuses. There's the one where okay. if you're in space, you get stat bonuses. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. So you can just have these specialized guys. Unfortunately, I haven't had one role. I haven't randomly had one appear through the printing pod yet. I'm looking for one because I'd really like to, because my current rocket pilot is basically my main researcher. And it's just that I'm not doing any actual research at the moment. So I have scrubbed all their other skills and just given them the rocket piloting. But at some point, I'm going to need to actually do research again. <laughs> so they're going to have to stop flying the rocket, and I'd quite like someone else to be able to do that. Mainly because I'm currently trying to build a very non-sustainable base. Because the other thing that's like the other major complaint that I've seen is that it makes it too easy. Like the new DLC content makes it too easy. And it kind of does... To make what? the main, the, the, Just the main side of the game is now too easy? Or? Yeah, basically. Because like... For example, there's there's new animals and new plants that make, especially one specific new animal, one specific new plant in combination, make food almost in, incredibly easy. Like, oh, you see. just get tons. Right. And then there's also, it, it was specifically the map that I chose, I guess, but there's a, one of the new starting biomes is like the swampy starting biome where there's lots of polluted mud all over the place. And that just emits polluted oxygen like naturally and then there's a new special building that can accelerate that by just you put the polluted mud in the building and it makes the oxygen faster so that environment is basically completely eliminates any difficulty with regards to oxygen in the early game sure so you've pretty much made food and oxygen mega mega easy straight away but like the reason that it does that is so that the mid game can be a lot longer 
because not in like the vanilla game you have the early game where you're in like survival base mode and then you have the late game where you're building all the fancy mechanisms to like make you know make fancy oxygen machines and all the other various food processing and all that stuff but in the vanilla game you go like immediately from one to the other basically like with nothing in between like you Mm. have your survival base in that survival base you research the entire tech tree because the research is irrelevantly easy and cheap you research the entire tech tree and then you're just in the end game there's like there is no mid game so what they've done by making these options to make food and and oxygen and stuff easier is allowed there to be a mid game which allows there to be the early game rockets and then makes it so that you can survive on an asteroid that doesn't have all the resources so it gives you time to actually set up to do these more complicated logistics things i guess Hmm. And it also has, I don't, I'm, I'm assuming, I haven't, I've only played this one map and I'm assuming that it's like this on every map, but there's also somewhere on the starting asteroid, there's a teleporter room that will teleport you to one other asteroid. And it also can link up like one pipe and one gas pipe and one conveyor rail through the teleporter. So you can actually transfer materials between them as well. No, oh, interesting. So it's like, that's like the, even easier version of the rockets essentially mm. it's still a separate base but you've got this more direct connection to your home base that doesn't require yeah, yeah, yeah. travel time or whatever you can just huff, huff between asteroids ultimately yeah so that's like the preview of the rockets you have to learn through that process and then set up for the actual rockets mm. so now now that i've got to my third base which is actually a separate place entirely and requires rockets to get to that's getting kind of awkward where it's just like it doesn't have this this map this asteroid specifically doesn't have uh any infinite water source which means you where infinite water basically is how you get infinite oxygen because water turns into oxygen and obviously oxygen is very important water Mm. actually isn't important apart from being turned into oxygen Mm. (laughs) you don't need to drink you only need to breathe (laughs) but so then i'm like okay i'm I'm going to run out of water, so I'm trying not to use any water, even though I totally could just use the water to make oxygen at this point. So I'm, like, shipping oxygen from my main base on rockets, which is probably not actually very efficient. I should probably just ship water (laughs) Hmm. and then make the oxygen here. But then again, making oxygen also creates a ton of heat. So it's like my main base is set up to deal with that, and I'm shipping basically cold oxygen to this other base, which therefore helps that base stay cool by cooling it down. Oh, I see. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe that is better than shipping water over at the moment. It's just like, it doesn't... You can't you compress the oxygen, so it's, well, so it's like more, see, more per flight. You'd hope, but I don't know. I guess I haven't seen what the new capacities on the liquid tanks are, because the, the rocket modules are all completely different, of course, in this new version of rocketry. They're all generally... Well, or there's two tiers now essentially like a small and a large and the large is the equivalent to the old version essentially Mm. so i don't know what the actual capacity of the new small liquid tank is versus the new small oxygen tank so maybe it's maybe it's actually you know functionally equal like if you did the conversion of water to oxygen it would be the same amount maybe Mm. i don't know don't know how how that's balanced the main problem that I'm having would it be... It sort of makes sense if it like would be better to send compressed oxygen. Yeah, you'd hope, because you should be able to compress it. <laughs> Unlike water, which you can't. And also, water should be way heavier, but it doesn't really account for that. No, what, in terms of how much rocket fuel it uses. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't 
count the payloads, it just counts the actual container and I guess assumes that the container is going to be full in its calculation. <laughs> hmm. Rather than having it be a like a sliding scale depending on how much cargo you put in. I see. Which is technically like well, it's not exactly how it worked in the in the vanilla version. The vanilla version had had weight, but the weight was all only based on the modules, but it counted the fuel weight, which now it doesn't even count that. The fuel mm. weight is just part of the engine weight, so it doesn't actually bother with that calculation either. But yeah, it's much it's much easier to ship stuff around. Although I am still run, I the first engine you get is the carbon dioxide engine, where it just fires pressurized carbon dioxide out the back. Which, of course, you have tons of carbon dioxide li- lying around all the time, obviously from breathing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you just pump that up into the rocket and fire it off, and that has a very short range and can only carry a very small rocket. So you get like one cargo canister essentially. But then, if you the other early game rocket you have is the sugar rocket, where it just burns sugar essentially. Sugar with sugar and fertilizer. Combine that together and fire that out of the rocket. And I was like, oh, maybe I could try that. But fermentation rocket. But that rocket, for some reason, the exhaust fumes are way hotter. I mean, I, I guess way hotter than carbon dioxide. That makes sense. But <laughs> the exhaust fumes are insanely hot, and it immediately melted all the crap I built under it. I was like, oh, what <laughs> from the sugar and the fertilizer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like not the, true of every rocket well yes really i mean hot. technically all rockets should be real hot <laughs> i mean it's technically the compressed carbon dioxide one shouldn't actually you know have any temperature associated with it it's not burning anything mm. it should just be no. the same temperature as the carbon dioxide you put in but it's still in it's, fact it should get cooler because it's, cause it's pressurized yeah. <laughs> But it, you know that exhaust comes out at like two hundred degrees or whatever, and because I was imagining like, oh, this sugar rocket is the next tier up from that, so it's probably going to give you like you know four or five hundred degrees or something. But then it came out like two thousand and just melted all the stuff I built under the rocket platform because I built it out of cobalt, which melts much higher, lower temperature than like steel or whatever, mm. which you normally because in the vanilla game you'd be like, oh, okay, obviously, I if I'm building stuff under the rocket, you build it out of steel because otherwise it will melt. <laughs> Rob's headphones are just turned off, by the way, so he can't hear anything. <laughs> I mean, I okay. can. It's just a bit quiet. They've that's the the bat because because these like these headphones are a bit dumb. Like in that they 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 don't they don't work very well unless you've got the noise cancelling turned on. But the noise cancelling is battery powered, and sometimes when the battery runs out, you get this horrific noise, and it just sort of like just squealed in my left ear, like Wee! and it's like oh god, I better turn that off. So now, so now I've got quiet, Dan. It's like they've decided to do like anti ASLR. You, where it's like you've got <laughs> yeah. this noise cancelling. It's making it nice and quiet until now. <laughs> yeah, if I was asleep on a flight or something, using these to keep the airplane noise down, <laughs> suddenly bad times. Wee. So yeah, this DLC is good. I think like. I mean, it's not like once you know how that game <laughs> Good, works. Good, I think. <laughs> once you know how that game works, I don't think it is hard. And to make it easier, I can see why they did it like this. And also, I really, I mean, I am kind of struggling with this multi-base thing, but maybe that's more because of the constant, you know, micromanagement aspect yeah. of it. It's a lot more to keep track of. A lot more to keep track. A lot more to do. So you're like, it's 
holding you back from actually progressing. Progressing, yeah. yeah. And you are kind of having to repeat things, obviously. Whereas, mm. like, every base needs a food source or an oxygen source. Well, I mean, not technically they don't. You could just ship it in, but then no, you have to build that whole system. Is this a little bit like what happened in, like, Spore's final phase, right? Where it's like, I want to progress, but, like, all my, all my creeps, all my planets are constantly, like, saying, hey, I need a thing. Yeah, kind of. But, I mean, in Spore, it was much more, you, it you, was way more generic. Yeah, and you could, and you could ignore most of them. Yeah, you really could just ignore it all. Just go for the middle. Just fly out there. But yeah. And also, one other thing is, like, they made a new intro sequence for this DLC. Or, well, they made an animated thing, which is what Clay does for all of their games. <laughs> and it's now just the intro sequence of this game. But it's it weirdly implies that this happens, this is like, this happens after the vanilla game. Like the story, the tiny amount of story that this game has, this sequence follows directly on from the end of Vanilla, where you fire your rocket out through the temporal tear, and then that rocket comes back, and then a bunch of clones of that rocket comes back, and then time and space get real fucked up, and then the mm. asteroid blows up, <laughs> and then you're stuck on all these little asteroids. It's like it follows on pretty directly from the story, which is kind of weird for a DLC, I guess. In the you still are starting from fresh. It's not like you continued yeah. your game. <laughs> yeah, it kind of makes sense though, right? Because it sounds like the two are, have differences, that were, meaningful differences, where like playing vanilla and playing the DLC version separately makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure you even can load a vanilla base in the DLC. Maybe you might be able to. You can't make a vanilla map in the DLC if the right. if the DLC is turned on, it changes like the, the actual world generator. Yeah, there is a classic option in the world generation, but that just makes your starting asteroid much bigger. But it still generates the separate ones as well, so it still operates with the same rocketry the, the DLC rocketry system. It's just the starting map has more resources in because that's actually the the main thing that. The main pr early game problem for me was like this map, the, the starting map that I'm on doesn't have any oil, so I don't have plastic, so I can't do any of the normal things that you need plastic for, like high pressure vents, for example, for the rockets, <laughs> which is why I had that whole oxygen issue, because otherwise I would have just gone with the high pressure vents. Sure. So by limiting the resources, it does make it actually, it makes it counters the more easy parts by making other things more difficult. Rather than you just research the whole tech tree and go immediately to Endgame. <laughs> so yeah, that's that. And now for the transitional segment between talking about why I played and what Rob played, let's talk about Hyrule Warriors real briefly. Transitional. We got another what character. We playing at the same time. Yes, we got another, another character, character because we we thought that maybe Hestu was going to be the last character. Oh yeah, spoilers. We're now going to just say the characters, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we already said Hestu. Oh, did we? Oh, okay. But um. Yeah, we thought that was going to be the last character, mainly because it was like, well, what the fuck other characters are there at this point, <laughs> for a start? And boy, did they pull one on us. And also because, like, I don't know if I'd noticed this before before we unlocked this new character or afterwards, but, like, Hesu would have made the character select screen a nice even number. Yeah, it, like it sat, <laughs> right, sat yeah. like it was two two rows of four characters. So it was like, oh, right, that makes that makes sense. That sits nicely. Introducing character number nine on its own row. Is it nine? Yeah, isn't it? It's like it's Link, it's Impa. Oh yeah, four four champions and then Link in the Zelda. Hestu. Hestu. Yeah. Yes. And now the Great Fairies. Yep. 
all of them. What? In one, in all one, of them. <laughs> yeah, they all live in like you know they come out of like these big flower buds. Yeah, or something. of course. Yeah, things that that pod now moves around like just, <laughs> okay, just sort of floats above the ground ish, and then all four of them are in this thing and they pop out like at random almost like as you're fighting with them, um, right? And they keep changing, which then actually affects your your like character specific special button so like depending on which one is out of the pod at a time you get a slightly different flower bloom effect around them that you can activate to damage things um like she it's a weird ass character like this is exactly what i asked for in this game it's like i want them to go mental and like they don't disappoint like yeah. it's just it's she's massive we're like <laughs> this is a real yeah. problem which, yeah, which is you can't actually she's... dodge far enough to evade attacks most of the time. You're so huge. <laughs> it's so strange. Like, you probably have to get good at using the guard rather than the dodge, right? With or her... perfect parrying everything. Yeah, flurry rush everything. Um, and it's just, yeah, she's, she's massive. She's like, she's got the voice from the game, which is weird because it plays so much louder than everything else in the mix. Yeah. And it's like, and, and it's got that bizarre, like, double echo. So she, it's like, it sounds like she says everything twice. But it's like some of the phrases she says are just so mad as well, like in, in, <laughs> in, in the context of it. It's like they seem so out of place in a, in a hilarious way. And it's it's nuts. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, Does she surprise. grab other characters and splat, pull them into the... Yeah, into yeah. The that's one of the attacks. <laughs> it just sucks everything in the vicinity in, into the fart, <laughs> and then it closes up and then a ton of damage happens. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in fairness, that looks well jank half the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, surprise appearance by the horse god. Yeah, the horse god turns up in one <laughs> oh, of your super moves. The Iwata horse god thing. Well, yeah. not that one. The uh, the, the the fake fairy fountain that you find in Breath of the Wild where the horse... Oh, oh yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah, The weird puppet horse god thing. Although at this point, I am wondering whether the Lord of the Mountain will turn up as a character. <laughs> that seems <laughs> distinctly possible. I mean, we're still holding out hope for the king. Yeah, I'm, I mean, the king seems king obvious Rome. now. It's like, oh, at this point, it's like, what characters are left? Well, he's there, and I, I mean, that just makes sense. <laughs> Old Imper. <laughs> yeah, but that's not, that's not how this works. Not in this timeline. It's not time travel in that kind of way. No. But um, yeah, apart from the king and... I guess the Lord of the Mountain, maybe. That's like there are no other characters, right? We really are out of characters at this point, unless we get to play as the bad guys like later on. <laughs> they like, suddenly switch sides, and you're playing as Yiger Clan. Yeah, man. yeah. I don't, I don't like know about that. Yiger Clan boss guy. Or was it Suka? <laughs> yeah, the lieutenant guy. Maybe he could switch sides, like because like he seems like a really random extra character that's never existed before and it's i mean there obviously there are other new characters oh, well, i mean I, I was wondering because i could yeah because i couldn't remember him from breath of the wild no. I, was like, I, was, I thought i was just me not remembering and it's only the main boss guy and then generically <laughs> although how is what how is the main boss guy still alive i mean yes <laughs> he would be a hundred and something years old in breath of the wild if this, this is the same dude i assume it's probably not it's no it's probably, probably like his system. son or like, something yeah <laughs> The, f- the great father. But he is very much exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> he even has the same stupid attacks with the giant spiky magnesis balls. Well, who knows what magic powers the Yiga clan as well as, like, disappearing into parchments. <laughs> yes. And hundreds of them. <laughs> many, many of them. And we've still only fought the actual bad guy one time. Yep. 
if he is the actual bad guy, if there's more than just him. Well, and I guess the shadow champions, I suppose, count. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> Not really. They're just figments, I suppose. Well, I mean, it's like those are the one new non-Breath of the Wild thing, essentially. No, I guess, yeah. The new thing for this story is the one bad guy and the Shadow Champions. Maybe Mini Guardian at some point becomes playable. Well, yeah, I guess that is one other character that does exist. Hmm. So, yes, that's still crazy. It's still it's still great. <laughs> it, all, it, all the, it all the best and worst ways simultaneously. It's great. Awesome. <laughs> Rob, what have you been playing the Bond? Uh, All right. Uh, yeah, I got, I got oh, three things to cover here. One of them's a biggie. <laughs> yes, obvious. obviously. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to start with Backbone, um, which I mentioned, which I started talking about last podcast because, wow, that's a game of two halves. <laughs> okay. It's a weird one, as it turned out, and I don't, I don't think it's weird in a good way, unfortunately. <laughs> like so. Yeah, I was trying to explain. Backbone is like a, a pixel art, anthropomorphic noir detective story, or at least that's how it starts. Um, and uh, yeah, so I was quite impressed of how it opened. I thought the opening couple of acts were pretty good, pretty good at setting the scene, decent music, decent atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Uh, the puzzles that were included felt kind of detective y and uh, things like that. Um, yeah, so what? ends up happening is like after that first I don't know I guess act and a half maybe the first two acts it kind of does away with all of that in a weird in a really weird way and just becomes like a narrative almost like a visual novel where you occasionally walk around it's like the 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 actual gamey part of it just seems to disappear um so you're not really doing much you're just progressing the story like there's no more puzzles at all <laughs> there's no more um even little traversally things, or uh, like, or even the illusion of choice, most of the time, that's not. That's just. It's just not there. And then I'm very tempted to go into spoiler territory because mm. at the end of Act Three, the story takes a wild left field turn into what can only be described as some bizarre sci-fi type thing. <laughs> totally unexpected. Okay, and and. Yeah, it leads to what could what is quite an interesting. The story keeps going in interesting directions as a result. Like I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad turn at that point in the game, and it leads to like Act Four and Five are still interesting. The problem is, is that it feels like Act Four and Five, which are the last two acts in the game, are like it's only just really getting going. <laughs> Like, like, so they run out of ideas to make puzzles, and then they run out of ideas for the story, for the as, story well. <laughs> as well. And it, and like where the game ends, and it's a, it's a pretty, like it's a, it's a somewhat definitive end, shall we say? But yet nothing is answered. <laughs> like there are so many open ideas. There's so many like, why did this happen? Did the situation? Did we solve anything? Did we change anything? Of which the answer is mostly no. Uh, and it's like, what the hell happened to Howard? What the hell? Like, what? What is? It's so bizarre and so unsatisfying. Like it's just like it's such a surprise. Like, and it's just—it's oh. not a good surprise, and it's a real shame because it—it just—it just feels like they—I don't know. I, I, the, the, 
the most obvious explanation will be this is a project that really overspecced. Yeah, it sounds like, like they it. started off strong and then were like, oh god, we're never going to finish this and cut like most of the content. Um, right, and right. as a result, you end up with something that just does not work. And it's a huge, um, it's a huge bummer because yeah. they've got chops. The, the the art design is great. The the as I say, the audio design is mostly great. I think they can write, but they the 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 overall flow just yeah where it turns and where it goes wrong. It seems like they were forced out of being <laughs> writing it the way they wanted by circumstance yeah somehow. it's weird it led, it was one of those games that led me down a bit of a rabbit hole of like reading reddit and like reading forum posts to be like okay what the hell did i just did i just experience <laughs> um i need to go look this up and it's like like oh is, is are there supposed to be multiple endings did i do something in a bad way and it's like no no there's one ending okay if there's one ending did i miss a whole load of explanation no no that's just that's just this is just how it is okay uh <laughs> And like there's there are those, there's official lines from the developers where I say no no this is the story we wanted to tell and I'm like I'm not sure I believe you. <laughs> if this is the story you wanted to tell, then a twelve year old had fun on a back of a notebook somewhere to 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 draft this ending. Mm, right. <laughs> it's so strange. Oh, that's a shame. They are apparently doing more work in the Backbone universe, I've heard. That, stu- that studio has apparently hired um, to do more stuff. So maybe we'll see something better come out of their ideas and out of this world. I really I really hope so, in a, in a strange way. Because it was so promising. Anyway, that's Backbone. Let's let's talk about Halo Infinite. Let's get this done. Yes. Okay. The big un. The big un. Um. <laughs> so, campaign came out uh, December eighth, and uh, have that, they announced when co-ops have it yet? They have not. Damn no, it. There is there is no news on co-op. Um. And I think I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna tell it as it is. It's quite a different beast hmm. from like the Halos that come before. Like it starts off fairly. Halo-y enough, you know, linear sort of level, a couple of a couple of linear levels you work through, um, and then you end up on the Halo ring, Zeta Halo, which is no surprise, like that's hugely marketed and advertised, and you know it's a Halo game. And sure enough, the world suddenly gets pretty open and pretty big, mm. and you're kind of free to wander, free-ish to wander about and uh, and tackle side objectives and find things. And I, it's, hmm, it's it's weird. Like I, it's like it's not bad, but there's a there's a there's a, there's like a constant voice in my head going, "This seems distinctly not Halo." Well, how how right. close is it to ODST? <laughs> not very. Weirdly, like there's something about the setting in ODST that makes it still, and how the combat works. Like, okay, like I think my biggest like this is not Halo kind of uh, problem is still here from like when Free Thor 3 kind of took over, right? There's, right. there's uh, and I'm not the only one in thinking this, like check out that like, um, there's, a, there's a YouTuber, Vrasevic, um who does some really, some really good like analysis on, on why he doesn't think like Halo 4 and Halo 5 particularly work. And it comes down to the AI and how the, 
and how the enemies kind of react. Like it's never right. felt as good in a three four three game compared to how Bungie used to do the enemy encounters. And I think that's still true here. I don't oh. think that like the AI really works. Like I, I was like sniping at Grants from afar, as you do. And like just watching how they like behaved, and it's like there was, there's numerous occasions where it seems like the the uh, the ah someone shooting at us routine is literally just walk into cover, walk out of cover, walk into <laughs> cover, walk out of cover, repeat in place to the point where you can get it really messed up sometimes. Where the, there was this grunt that was going walk out of cover, sit on turret, get off of turret, walk into cover, get out of cover, walk and go sit on turret. Going back and repeat like endlessly. She was just get, getting off and sitting on this turret, like like from a not even firing shots at me. He was just going through this loop while I was looking at him, and it's like, yeah, something's missing here. And I'm I'm playing right. in heroic mode, like classically, as um, you do, as one does. Yeah, the third of the four difficulties, and it's uh, <laughs> I don't know. It feels real easy. <laughs> really? Well, yeah. I mean, we are kind of experiencing Halo at this point. Yeah, I know, I know. And like, heroic- and Zach and I normally do play through on Legendary and Co-op. Yeah, but I don't think like- Heroic has ever been that difficult for us for many years at this point. No, but I don't know. Halo Five, at least, like, I mean, it's it's not like it doesn't give you a challenge every now and then. It's like there are there are the odd sections here and there, or the odd encounters where it's like, oh, actually, this is kind of tough. Like, uh, I'll throw one example out there: active camo is now bloody effective. Like enemies do are really very invisible now, um, right? They, when they're using it, um, so you've got to have your wits about it. And the, there's a new class of like elite zealot that is very fast as well. So not only are they invisible, they can they can nip around you pretty quick um, and sword you. Um, so so that that can be kind of tough and kind of interesting to try and deal with. Um, but yeah, there's something just distinctly like. Not Halo about it, but in it, but it's not. I'm not trying to say any of this that makes it like not enjoyable. Like it is still enjoyable. I'm still having a pretty good mm-hmm. time with it. Um, uh, like like it gives you the opportunity to encounter some missions in a more freeform way. Um, like oh hey, there's this big complex you need to get inside of and go do things. But hey, there's many many different ways you could actually get inside this complex. Have at it. Do you want to bring some Marines with you that you rescued earlier? Sure. Chuck them in the back of a Jeep and bring them into this mission. That's fine. You can do that. Um, and it's kind because of... It's a, and it's a full-blown story mission, but you've acquired this stuff to, to help you out. Yeah, I just happened to have some Marines that, that I'd rescued a second ago, and they were in the back of my Jeep, and I brought them into, a, I brought them into the area where the, the mission was... This complex I was supposed to break into was happening, and it's like, yeah, no, the, the Marines are just with you now. <laughs> That's fine. It gives you an achievement for doing that, actually. It's like you brought some Marines into a mission. It's like, oh, all right, cool. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I'm having a good time of it, is what I'm trying to say. It's like, it's, uh, mm, yeah. I wouldn't say it's without, uh, technically, it's an interesting beast, I would say. Like, it's not perfect by any stretch. Um, remember the sort of, some of the complaints I had about Halo, the, the multiplayer and like how the cutscene at the start of it felt a bit janky. The unfortunate truth is that sort of seems true of the real thing. It's still true in the real thing. Yeah. It's not oh. as bad, but it's there. Um, Digital Foundry have a theory on this and that they think that the character animations are running at a different frame rate to the game, <laughs> which is mm. weird. 
so it's like there's some like keyframe interpolation missing or something. So they like don't smoothly move between like facial animations, for instance, don't necessarily move between where they're supposed to be at the same rate as the as what they're being rendered on screen. So you end up looking a little bit janky and stuttery. Um, and it seems like car- camera motions are sort of sometimes on this same sub frame rate for some reason. It's weird. It's like there's a, there's a very odd look to it in scenes. But that's another. And it's not just the technical side of it that sort of makes cutscenes seem weird. It's like the, the direction element of of cutscenes now seems very very different, like very non Halo again. I would say like it's like um the way the camera swings around. They're almost going for this one camera thing half the time, but it's a very energetic camera. Like it likes to swing around wildly in the scene, kind of like, okay. like so people will just be talking to each other, but the camera will be like doing a circle around them and then pan oh, over God. to someone else and then pan back. And it's it's a little too dynamic. It's like all right, exhausting. <laughs> yeah, like calm calm your tits, cameraman kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Cool it's, your warm jets. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like I don't, I don't, I don't need to be on a on, mon- on Monster Energy drink while I'm playing this game. Thanks. Yeah, um, it does sound quite as classic. I mean, Halo One did that a little bit. It did switch cameras around quite a bit in the cutscenes, where it's like, look at this guy, look at this guy. <laughs> a little bit, but that was. I almost felt like that was a necessity of like Bungie learning the craft well, yeah. rather than. That's why I mean by like it seems kind of old school. Like that's how you do it yeah. in old games like that. Yeah, here's, would, here's an old. You would waft the camera around unnecessarily <laughs> just to look at scenery and yeah, here's an... fly the camera uh, through the environment for no reason. Here's an odd zoom and tilt that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Yeah, from a, from a... Dutch angles everywhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not quite that bad. It's not really Dutch angly. It's just like, as I say, this one shot where the camera just seems to be excessively moving around. Um, they, they should have. It made... works some of the time. Like, do you remember the sequence they originally showed of Halo Infinite with like the guy finding Master Chief? Yeah. And the, it's like that. I think that scene works pretty well. But there were just, mm. as I say, there was just bits where they're like having a chat, and it doesn't doesn't seem to really sit. They should have um, made. They should have gone full Mario sixty four and made the camera on the monitor, and he just follows you around. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty cool. <laughs> Um, so yeah, or, I'm, I'm... <laughs> yeah. Or you should have a a monitor character as Lakitu. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's just follow, literally following you around. Mm. If it was third person, but it's not. Anyway, but in general, I would say it's pretty. It's pretty good looking. Like it's like I think my same judgment to the campaign applies to what I said about the multiplayer, and that it's good looking, not great looking. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's fine. Um, uh. I think there's a, there's a certain uncanny valley to like the facial animations that I don't think was present in Halo Four, like in or Halo Five. Mm. It's like there's it's almost like there's a step backwards on the facial animations. Unless that's just the frame rate and fucking review. No, I don't know. There's something like you know when they like you know the sort of classic uncanny thing like certain grimaces look look weird. The and Max it's Payne. Like, yeah, the Max Payne grimace. Like yeah, there's just like there's a certain element of that, like or where certain smiles don't look quite right. You know, it's it's got that going on, and it's like you, you just think back to the Cortana animation from Halo Four. Right, and her facial animation in that game was pretty flawless, really. So, do you do you not like New Cortana like I did in that first trailer? Whereas, like, as soon as I, I saw mean, her, I was like, right. that's weird. I mean, uh, yeah, spoilers, mild spoilers, I suppose, for the first few missions of the game. Cortana's back, baby, well, but, it, but it's not Cortana. She's it's, it's referred to as the weapon um, uh-huh. for story reasons. Oh, and that's another odd thing that, like, it's it's hard for me to connect with the story right now because it's an in-media res kind of thing 
And so, it doesn't follow on from Halo 5. No, something else has happened yeah. in between the two things. Which like you're it. not immediately told. No, I'm, I'm, you're just sort of... What we, knew, what we knew from like the trailers leading into the game is kind of all I really know now. Hey, right. there's, there's and the, it's not the, like... the Banished are on Zeta Halo. The Banished are bad. We need to deal with them. That's kind of all I've got right now. That's it. And it's like, yeah, because that... Uh, leader of the Banish making speeches in those trailers seems <laughs> incredibly unthreatening. They changed that. Um, well, I hope so. Slightly. Was like, I don't care about this guy. Yeah. Well, there's a well, you're di- not going to care a... about the other guy either. There's a different guy you could not care about. Right, right, I could not care about. Well, we're fighting Covenant again. They're fun to fight, or at least they used to be. Well, so. they're, not the, they're not the Covenant, but they're the same species. Yeah, yeah but you know what I mean. They're the same set of species. Hey, yeah. I came across grunts with shields. What, like jackal shields? or Like just regular ass shields. Oh, you mean actually body shields? Yeah. Oh, right. That was because uh, e- even the special forces grunts in Halo didn't have shields, did they? They that, did that... have freaking ju- fuel rod cannons, which was ridiculous. <laughs> I don't think I've seen a fuel rod cannon yet. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they don't, they don't seem shy about just like, oh, hey, if, if you're exploring the world, you can you can find an energy sword. Great, you can find a modified energy sword. <laughs> so, hey, do you want a rocket launcher? Yeah, you can probably just find one. Sniper rifles? Yeah, no problem. They're about. They're just no- well, I mean that kind of would be how this would have to work in a different world because otherwise you'd never have any guns <laughs> to a point yeah but there's like a certain element where it kind of like down uh, downplays the importance of power weapons as a result like because they were it's more uh, like multiplayer but in yeah kind of they were, player. They were yeah. often available to you like at a moment of importance weren't they in the in in halo yeah, in, they, in, in a regularly scripted campaign it's like oh hey there's a rocket launcher here <laughs> does that mean i'm going to be fighting tanks soon <laughs> well, I, well yes i am <laughs> yes and it's like uh no, here it's, halo, here it's like i found a rocket rocket launcher. well and that's still true yeah, yeah. so like I, like I found a rocket launcher fairly early on and held onto it for forever because i never came right. across anything to actually i, ne- I needed to fo- so i ended up like giving doing the classic thing and giving it to a marine <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they have infinite ammo yep <laughs> <laughs> Oh, classic. Because it was always, in the original Halo, it was like, make sure the the guy with the sniper rifles on your tank, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Mur- murder everyone in that level in Assault on the Control Room. Yeah. With infinite full power sniper rifle ammo. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's slightly strange. I've butt up against the open world a couple times a bit where it clearly doesn't want me to leave this area that I could, cl- that I could leave if I wanted to. There's a jump I can make. Um or one bit of level that I wanted to get to, and it's like, oh no, I can I can totally jump over that gap. And then it got to a point where it's like halfway through my flight, I just sort of stop moving horizontally. It's like, well, there's an invisible wall there somewhere. It clearly doesn't want me to be on this part of the map yet. I'm not quite sure why. So that was kind of annoying. Hmm. Like there's some there's definitely some progression gating going on, but it seems like the world design wasn't quite isn't quite tight enough to prevent me from doing the what yeah, I it's like to you do. would have thought, right. you know. It's not, not like there haven't been a variety of like vertical cliff face canyons in Halo before on Halos. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, there, there is this, this, this sort of that's that's sort of the thing about the world design in this, and that like some something has happened on this world that's caused the the ring to be broken. Right? We we yeah. already knew that, yeah. but it's yeah. sort of rebuilding itself, and it's sort of rebuilding itself in these hexagonal column chunks. And so I came across yeah. this like canyon of hexagonal chunks and it's like I found a really high up place and where I wanted to go was quite low down and it's just like I can totally make that jump. And it's like, yeah, it turns out were it not for this weird force stopping me, I could totally make that uh, jump and get to okay. this uh, this objective I could see on the other side, something to do. Um 
but it just didn't want me to go See, for, to get there yet. For me, like the 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 concept where they're like, ah, oh, okay, we're going to do a broken Halo ring because that looks really cool, and we can do this kind of hexagonal stuff, and then we can gate off the area so we don't have to have an infinite like space. We can like say because you're on a broken shard of the ring or whatever, and it's like, yeah, and then we can make it look cool with all the hexagons and have it be repairing itself and all that stuff. And all that stuff is fine, but like. If, if the ring breaks, it will just fly apart. That's the whole point of rings. I just hate <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, but they've already, <laughs> like the whole point. They've kind of yeah, like that's that's already like what, like part of this universe that they've that they've, everything has like fake gravity. It's like the UNSC yeah. ships have gravity generators. It's like I know the arc it's just like is obviously that. generating fake gravity across exactly. the entire surface because like, it's not a ring. And yeah, like, the arc ruined it as well. It's like, why even bother having a ring if if if, if you're going to well, have like the ring is like, the firing mechanism of the device, though. Yeah, right? the yeah, energy yeah, has to shoot into enough, the middle yeah. and then it comes out. Absolutely, and the arc. it's not yeah. actually and, and, for gravity purposes. And the arc was a ring builder, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. But originally, originally, it was meant to be for gravity purposes before they started retconning it, right? I mean, that's they, why they you never would build explicitly a ring. said in Halo lore no. that that's why they did that. Like it just—it's just the original Halo look is very much like a proper, you know, that sort of ring design, right? Science With the walls ring. up the sides to hold the atmosphere in and things yeah, like that. Exactly. It's like yeah, exactly. The original—the original design of the, of Installation Zero Four is very much following a classic, a classic design. Yeah. yeah, and then they slowly yeah. moved further and further away from that. And but the firing yeah. sequence does happen in the first game, right? Because you stall it. Or is that the second? I think they might show it. Because it goes up, starting. but then it doesn't. No, was that in the three? Uh, that might be in three, yeah. No, because that's. Because you fire a f- an unfinished ring yeah, but in that, three. I don't think that is that one. I feel like in one, you just barely turn it off and it partially. The energy beam goes up, but it doesn't go off. Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> I don't remember that in one. Yeah, I don't know. Because that was that was the whole f- the, the finale, effectively of three, wasn't it? You actually g- you build a ring at the arc, yeah. To, to, then, but you but you which fire is a replacement it for the ring for zero that four gets destroyed in one, yeah, yeah. And but then you fire it in an unfinished state. Which but I don't the, think that which has the, the monitor really doesn't want you to do. I don't think that has the same firing sequence. I think that just like you trigger it and then the whole thing just explodes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't think it does the whole Halo firing thing. Not that it does the whole Halo fire thing, obviously. I mean, we've probably seen that in one of those Halo Waypoint videos from Halo 4. <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah. also. Anyway. Yeah, I can't remember in the first game, because, like, obviously you're in a race to blow up the ship to blow up the ring before it gets fired, right? But I don't remember it actually firing. I can't remember. Are you trying to blow up the ring to, make, to stop it from firing, or are you trying to blow up the ring to kill the flood at the end of the first game? Uh, yeah, probably both, right? Yeah. Or... Like, I mean, yeah. is the is the firing process actually a concern at that point, or is it only blow up the ring to stop them ever doing it, plus kill the flood? Because mm. what's the monitor trying to do at the end? He's trying to stop you from blowing up the ring. Yeah, after he tried to make you fire the ring. Yeah, yeah. He must still think that he can fire it right by killing you or whatever, and finding another reclaimer or something. I can't even remember the story of the first payload. <laughs> oh well, never mind. Infinite. Yeah, it's all right, but it is more open. Than <laughs> it's all right. It's it was more right. open than I was expecting. Let's put it that way. Like, mm. the, the, like that that tack map and stuff like that. You can upgrade yourself. You know, there's things like you can find upgrades and improve your shield power if you want, or improve your grapple hook, or which you get really early on. By the way, the grapple hook is kind of like for is something you're just going to be using the entire time. Obviously. Which kind again kind of changes the dynamic of the game in a kind of major way. 
Mm. You can climb a mountain if you want. I didn't find anything up there. I found a few dudes That's up there, thing, but I did. But there wasn't anything it? up there. <laughs> like yeah. occasionally, you'll stumble on things like you know a, a forerunner hole in the ground that has some weapons in it. Uh, or like I found a forerunner hole in the ground that had like one of those damn zealot elites in it, and it's like, oh goddamn. <laughs> And I found a button that seemingly didn't do anything, so I'm thinking there's an Easter egg attached to that somewhere. Mm. It's very unusual for them to have things that don't mean things, well, especially if it's something you can actually activate. Like, you can, if you can in- hit the interact button, then a thing happens afterwards, then that does mean something happened. Mm. I didn't hear anything. Mm. It was just a button I could push, and once I pushed it, I can't push it again. It's been pushed. Anyway, yeah, it was anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, it seems good. I've been playing more multiplayer as well, which is still a lot of fun. You cool. might as well you might as well play the multiplayer even if you're not interested in the in the yeah because it's free. Because right? it's free. Yeah. I downloaded the PC you... version now, but I haven't got around to actually trying it yet. Um, so I do kind of want to see how that multiplayer feels on keyboard and mouse. But I'm mm. I'm happy enough playing it on controller. It's but it's it's good. I mean, it's a Halo game. It's kind of yeah. The multiplayer feels more Halo than the campaign. Weirdly, I don't know. It's just oh, in- interesting. Do you think it must be different people working on it? Pretty much. Oh, I'm sure. Like, like yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not sure. Three four three has any. Uh, it might have some, right? Because who knows what happens in the hiring mm. and firing? But I don't think. Uh, I think that was part of the deal, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when three four three came to be, they probably managed to get some Bungie stuff, but probably not. Mm. Not a huge amount, and who knows who's there now? It's been ages. It's true. It's true. Are you enjoying it then? Just it, both multiplayer and single player. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's generally it's, a good time. Yeah, gen- generally it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to know if it's like fun enough to play that I that I will enjoy it, even if I don't care about the story at all. Uh, yeah, you can probably do that because there hasn't been so much story so far, really. Yeah. <laughs> like at least where I am, there's like very little to really hang on. Mm, like, well, I mean, there's, there's hints of what happened, and I'm sure that will all get revealed as I play through mm. it, right? But like right now, it's like that's not important. Well, that's, yeah. that is the like the angle that I'm coming from as well, because obviously I didn't get to see any of Halo Five. It's like, do I need to care about the story of Halo Five at all, even, mm. or can, will this game helpfully sort of sum it up when it links back into the main story? You see, yeah, not. I don't think you do particularly. Like you, you just you need to know the main plot point that happens at the end of Halo Five, right? Yes, we call it and, and that's that's probably all you need, um, as far as I can tell. Um, I mean, I need to. I I want to go back. I need to look up what happened in Halo Five a little bit, like what happened with the Promethean side of things, right? Yeah. Because they're not involved, are they? In, in, in no, on, there's, or, there's not yet, anyway. No, like so far, there's like zero indication that they're there at all because the multiplayer doesn't have any um, Promethean weapons in it. it. Has those weird other ones? Yeah. So there's hard light as an ammo type is now a thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's an interesting twist. Like you don't have to find if you've got a gun you like, you don't always have to find a gun of the same type to get ammo for it. Um, every now and then you'll come across ammo crates that will give ammo of a specific type. So it's like if you find a kinetic ammo crate, for instance, that will give guns that fire like solid lumps their ammo. Right. Or if you're using okay. a plasma weapon, um, you know, like the pulse carbine or the stalker rifle, you can go to a plasma bucket and be like, yeah, I want my plasma weapon recharging. And it'll go, yep, fine. 
but there's also hard light buckets as well for some of the guns. Like there's a like a shotgun that fires like hard light bullets. And hmm. um, you can refill in those things. But yeah, it's like I'm not finding like if the Prometheans are about, there's no real indication that you're getting their weird sort of disconnected in bits guns or anything like that. Because they don't exist in the multiplayer. It's hmm. like it's it's. Unless that's an intentional thing, right? They haven't put them in the multiplayer to yet. To not spoil the story. To not spoil the campaign, yeah. Mm, yeah. Anyway, Halo. More to come. Yeah. yeah more to we'll come talk for about sure. I'll we'll talk more later. Yeah. <laughs> I assume this is. I'm making the assumption that this might be a longer Halo game as a result. Of it being a bit more open worldy and having a bit more. Well, it might be longer do. if you end up having to do a whole ton of side quests for no reason. Yeah, or skull well, hunting. <laughs> well, like, sure. Like, well, there was there was there was one place where I definitely knew a skull was going to be on top of this building, and then eventually it showed up on the map, proving that it was on the building, which is like, oh, that's actually very helpful of you. Thank you, game. <laughs> and then, but then it took me a while to figure out how I could actually get up there, and ended up doing a very dodgy grappling hook maneuver to get up. <laughs> Is the grappling hook fun? Are you enjoying that? It's all right. Yeah, it does what it says on the tin. You look at look at thing, push grapple button, you'll fly towards thing, and you can sort of steer yourself whilst you're flying in as well, and sort of. And it gets more abilities later on, so you can grapple to enemies. Yeah, and like, oh, cool, electrify them as you're grappling towards them, so they get stunned for a bit. So it gives you like a free a free beat down almost. Oh, is it not? part of the sequence like i was expecting the melee attack to have a cool animation oh, no. attached to the end of the grapple there doesn't, like, there like doesn't an assassination to, but yeah there grapple. doesn't there doesn't seem to be like the assassination cutaway doesn't seem to be a thing anymore well, oh yeah maybe not a full cutaway but like a first person one at least no yeah i don't think i don't think there is i don't think there's anything like that like the, the from behind beatdown isn't always guaranteed to work anymore like is that, if, if is you're that going up against purpose, a brute or is that just weird hitboxes uh, I think it's on purpose because I, I definitely crept up on a brute with his shield up, hit him in the back, and it didn't immediately kill him. It took his shield down, but but wasn't enough to outright murder him. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. I always thought a beatdown from behind was kind of guaranteed. I mean, that's why they that's where they should have actually re-implemented ass- assassinations properly because that's yeah they should have had that be the distinction like you yeah could so just you could regular just melee quickly, to just do damage or, or do the whole assassination sequence that actually killed yeah spend spend the time to do the sequence yeah that's probably true hey infinite uh and yeah the only other thing i've kind of wanted to talk about was uh, a little game that turned up on game pass called xo1 which is this is a weird experimental thing. Like it, like it, it caught my eye because you were flying like a, like a, a, like in the trailer, you're flying like a disc-like ship through quite nice-looking clouds, and I'm like, ooh, this looks quite pretty. I could fly a thing. But what is this game? And I saw, yeah, I saw a brief quote like on Kutako a while back saying, "This is XO1's thing is its movement mechanics," and it's like, okay, let's see what this is. Um, so yeah, it's very short. I should point that out. I finished it in about two and a half hours. Um, which annoyingly didn't trigger the achievement for finishing the game in under three hours. So go okay, it. weird. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's an achievement for finishing the game in under an hour, so it's like that. Well, that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't much of an achievement, really. But it didn't, still didn't give me it. Um, yeah, so it's 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 an odd one. Like, so the story the, it tries to still tell a bit of a disjointed story about you being like a a pilot that 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 is on a mission to Jupiter that goes wrong, but a signal comes out as a result of it, and you get sent 
from some alien source the designs of this gravity drive ship, which is basically just a ball that can either make gravity moon-like and very weak or make it incredibly strong. Um, so at the start of the game, you're in this ball form, effectively using hills to build up speed. And like, so you, you activate the gravity drive on the downhill, so you build up speed quickly. And then when you hit an uphill, you release it and you suddenly go into moon gravity so you can fly around and build up speed to traverse this landscape, which is not Earth. It's like somewhere else. You're sort of starting somewhere bizarre. Um, and then eventually you get, you learn the ability, like it t- the game tells you, oh, if you hold down the right trigger, your ball will flatten out and then into this disc and then you can glide around and then it becomes quite physics-y at that point where it's like, oh, if you pull up, you, well, you can't really pull up. That's the thing. You don't really have any vertical control other than dive. So it's like, you, if you want to build up speed, you've got to dive a bit and then flatten out again. Um, but then you'll probably end up having to land back on the ground again in order to like then do some gravity stuff to build up some speed to fling yourself back in the air. Except if you fly through clouds, which mysteriously give you more glide energy and can lift you up into the sky more. And it becomes about the, the whole game is about like using these movement mechanics to just get from A to B. Um, um, and it's, it's not difficult. It's not a hard game to get through from A to B. Um, apart from some potentially slightly confusing stages later on in the game. Um, it's more about just sort of doing it and bit like the, the achievements are all sort of based around mastery of the mechanics. Like, oh, Hey, you can, can you get, can you fly real high in this, in, on this level or can you, um, maintain uh, supersonic speed for a certain period of time on this level and mm. yada 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 and it's um it's about floating around and getting to the the portal that sends you to the next planet basically and that's kind of all this thing is like the story ends up going in uh, the direction of i would say if you've seen interstellar <laughs> right the, the story <laughs> yeah. borrows heavily from that um uh I don't really know what else to say. It's 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 all right. It's not. It's got some very nice looking clouds. <laughs> that seems to be important these days. Yeah, <laughs> it's got some. It's got some very good cloud tech in there. It looks pretty nice. Um, the ground on the other hand looks kind of garbage. You know, it's just a, like flat, weird. Like you remember how like planets in Mass Effect One kind of looked like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> looks yeah, a yeah, little yeah. bit like that. Hopefully, less polygon polygon if you were trying to roll down them. <laughs> Most of the time, yeah. There's one level where it looks very spiky and kind of a bit, yeah, very much Mass Effect 1-like. I think that's intentional, but it's kind of weird. Yeah, because you could get sort of into one of these like really sharp bits and go like down one side and then go, woohoo, absolutely flying up the sharp side the other side. It's, um... Yeah, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing, but like it was on Game Pass, you know, classically with me. It was on yes. Game Pass. It's been released yeah, this year. It was, it's, a, it's an experimental game for sure. Give it a punt. Yeah, but you know, it's only a couple of hours. Give it a go. Um, I'm not going to not recommend it, but it's. Uh... I didn't feel the need to go through <laughs> it a second time. Let me let me put it that way. You, did, of... you didn't care about the achievements. No, no or, or you it, got more than fifty percent of them. It, was, it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was fun enough for me to go back to it and and give it another stab. Um, but no, you know, I worked through it once. Beaten. Uh, and that's that's me for for the last two weeks. Boom! I think we've gone quite long. Yeah. <laughs> we've gone a little long, yeah. G- given the game awards and stuff, it's 
there may be a plan for the end of the podcast. Rocker. Uh, what have we got coming up on uh, on the YouTubes? Uh, more Rockerina of time. More Rockerina. What a classic. Slightly so less chickens. <laughs> oh, 100% less chickens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably more cuckoos. Yeah. Or are they the same? Is it a pocket chicken or is it pocket cuckoo? Oh, we don't know. There's the, the, chicken, the chicken mystery continues. It continues. So join us for that. And uh, we will be back in another couple of weeks. Uh, probably, well, we're getting close to our game of the year. So um, <laughs> we may, which may be, well, two weeks is literally boxing Christmas. day. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. so, mm. so we may have a slight interruption in, in programming until we can get you your, your goatee. Uh, but we'll, Perhaps, we'll, yeah. we'll I mean, be there for bumper edition. I mean, the gunk comes out in a week <laughs> on Game Pass, so you know I'll probably give that a go. Yeah, I mean we've got to factor that into our deliberations. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll catch you for that uh, very soon. Uh, have an awesome Christmas and goodbye.